Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Tonight, there is movement in the Hunter Biden criminal investigation. The FBI believes it has sufficient evidence against the president's son. So it figures to be a fairly straightforward charge to prove, and it uh, carries a significant penalty under federal law. The probe explored whether the younger Biden, his uncle James, and other business associates violated tax, money laundering, and foreign lobbying laws. Also looking at allegations that Hunter Biden made false statements on a gun registration form. President Biden maintains he is not being briefed on the case. I have never discussed with my son or my brother anything having to do with their businesses, period. I doubt it. You are fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. Very fake Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. Shut up, bitch. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. What a couple of days it's been. It's <laughs> going to say, uh, you know, great news. If you're the sort of person who has uh, eagerly been awaiting the end of it all, you're in luck. Uh, nuclear apocalypse. Clearly in sight. This is the uh, assurance, warning, whatever you want to call it, from the president of the United States himself late in the week. And uh, I noticed the same people who spent two plus years hiding screaming that the sky is falling about an easily survivable virus, apparently, if not totally unconcerned, not all that worried about the prospect of nuclear winter, or maybe that's the plan to deal with climate change once and for all. We'll do away with it that way. Uh, I remember way back when the uh, the warning about Trump was his recklessness was going to get us into World War Three. Yeah, really. Now the president is openly talking about uh, nuclear World War Three. Nobody seems to care. Either Biden or <laughs> Kanye. One of the two are going to get us into World War Three or both. Maybe they'll. Kanye is trying to prevent a world war. That's Con- I'm, I'm not saying he's. I'm not commenting on his intent. I'm just saying the consequences of some of his pot stirring. We may. We may face a world war as a as a consequence against who whom I, I don't know what the teams are going to be at this point. Go on Twitter and try to figure out who's on what team. Mm. I'll leave it to Kanye to define the teams. So we'll talk all that. 
Plus, uh, the DOJ leaks to the Washington Post to say that they're ready to charge Hunter Biden for his tax and gun crimes. Of course, whatever. Since it was intentionally leaked, it stands to reason there's some uh, ulterior motive behind that leak. A, a crazy illegal immigrant apparently becomes enraged. I read because he thinks some women were laughing at him on the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah. Anyway, so he killed some sleuths. He uh, stabbed a lot of people killing two in broad daylight on the Las Vegas Strip. We'll yep. catch up with the facts on that. Uh, it was the first week of the Daryl Brooks trial. And it was uh, completely insane. He's the Waukesha car attack guy mm -hmm. from last Thanksgiving. His initial insanity plea was rejected a few weeks ago. I guess he's doing his his best to get it back under consideration because what happened in the courtroom or even outside of the courtroom when he was booted out repeatedly was was crazy. We will uh, catch up with that. Plus, we have hoax hate surprise cringe of a sort. Not really a surprise for us, but this is a blonde pick that will at least be a surprise to many in the audience. And before we get out of here, uh, tonight's movie review is Edge of Tomorrow. So do stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be. All this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com, of course. And we have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? <laughs> Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each and every month. So you never have to remember soap <laughs> at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's right, promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. Four listeners. Four listeners. Hey, that's my part. You can't do it. <laughs> we had a deal. Uh, uh. Hey, uh, asking you shall receive. That's the thing I love about our audience. One of the many things I love about our audience. I do not show my appreciation frequently enough. But of course, last week we saw that viral clip from Roger, the fuck around and find out lesson guy on TikTok. And I noted that he was promoting his cameo on his TikTok account, just in case anyone in the audience might like to request a shout out video from Roger. Did they? And uh, listener Reinhardt did exactly that. Roger, the fuck around and find out guy, <laughs> gave the show a shout out. Here it is. Hi, it's me, Roger, the fuck around and find out guy. And this <laughs> message is for Matt and Blonde. Well, it's Blonde or Blondie. 
I can't fucking tell from the way it's spelled. It's spelled like blonde, but I don't even know if that's a real name, but I'm going to go with it. Matt and Blonde, if somebody has to send me a message to tell you to get out there and fuck around and find out, that tells me that you're probably not fucking around and finding out very much. Probably down mm-hmm. here, a fucking one, two, or three level of fucking around. That's pathetic. You're capable of much better, so I'm going to ask you, tell you, and assign you to get out there. Start fucking around at at least a six or seven and continue fucking around at a six or seven until you find out. Okay? If you have any questions about this assignment, go back to your friend Reinhardt, okay? And in the meantime, fuck around and find out. Oh, well, thank I want to fuck around at a six or a seven. I can do that. <laughs> With this Kanye stuff, I could fuck around at a 10. 10 level fuckery. I can do it. <laughs> well, Roger clearly has noted that uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't get the hit piece. There's not enough fucking around to find out. Yeah, I get. I wasn't even trying to, but it must be the spirit of Roger that has gotten into me, or maybe just into Susan, um, because at least Susan at YouTube thinks that we're fucking around enough to find out some things. Maybe not quite <laughs> enough. I don't know if we're at a seven, but Susan says we fucked around, and I'm supposed to find out. Now recall that when we have uh, generous super chats on this show, I often play a soundbite of Bernie Sanders. Saying during a 1986 debate for Vermont governor that he is not going to be N-wordly, but N-wordly in this case is not in fact the N-word. It is actually an unrelated word that means stingy or ungenerous. Now, just is to it ref- truly unrelated, though. Well, here's the full context. You may have heard it in clip form, brief soundbite form on the show, but here's the actual clip of Bernie Sanders saying that in a 1986 debate. But during the course of this campaign, if you follow the issues that we're talking about, funding for social services, I am not going to be niggardly about funding for daycare. We are going to break the crisis in daycare. Okay. For he my... was, was he saying that about um, putting black children in daycare? N- no, no. He, he just meant he's going to spend plenty of money on daycare. That's all for he meant. For black kids, right? Nope, for everyone. Oh, well, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's going to be especially unniggardly for black kids. I don't know. Banned. But see, yesterday, Susan. So all my clips, whether it's the, the clips that we pay, play for the news on a weekly basis or whether it's the sound bites that I like to play re- repetitively, um, <laughs> sometimes way too much, <laughs> often a terrible with terrible timing, you know. Uh, all of that is hosted on some separate clips channels so that my main channel doesn't get a ding. That way I know that if something gets dinged there, I can protect my main channel from Susan's wrath. Well, yesterday, Susan gave one of my clips channels a hate speech strike and suspended it from posting because she says that soundbite is racist hate speech. And so I appealed and I sent YouTube the Miriam Webster page for the word. And I said, it's not in fact a racial slur. Bernie was not using a racial slur. The definition is, according to Merriam-Webster, grudgingly mean about spending or granting, (laughs) provided in mean or limited supply. And in fact, if you, what's the word for the origin of words? There's there's some fancy word for that, but they don't actually share the same origin, the N-word and this word. Like the Latin root? The basis of the word's completely different. They sound similar. They're not the same. It is not a slur. Now, on review... YouTube now says it's totally fine for the clip and the clips channels 
to have that clip on them and for me and us to play them on the show. And so in celebration, I am confirming with YouTube that Bernie Sanders 1986 debate quote about being generous with daycare spending is not, in fact, hate speech or a racial slur. I am not going to be niggardly. I am not going to be niggardly. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you, Susan, and suck it, as always. I look forward to having this discussion when this happens again in three months, I guess. (laughs) Or maybe tomorrow when I wake up and this episode is banned. Yeah, really? Well, uh, speaking of things that sound like slurs but aren't, recall my favorite NFL prospect, Diego Fago. As we covered weeks ago. This This is so much worse than Diego Fago. Oh, I forgot to put Diego. Where is Diego? I, f- I guess I forgot to put old Diego up, but Diego Fago, you guys, the, the, the football player from the Navy midshipman signed by the Baltimore Ravens, his NFL career, he was cut. His NFL career appears like it's going nowhere. I'm always going to be a cheerleader for Diego Fago, if only because I want to see the Fago jersey on the field. <laughs> we'll check in with Diego Fago as his career develops. But while we wait, now there is a French basketball player named Steve Ho Fat. And that is how it's pronounced. Apparently, there's a pro basketball team called the Metropolitans outside of Paris in France. And they've played they played an exhibition game against the G League Ignite, which is some sort of developmental level NBA team. I'm probably getting that wrong because I don't understand pro basketball at all. But Steve Ho Fat is some sort of French basketball player professionally. And by the way, that's Steve with three E's. S-T- E-E-V-E, what the extra E is for. Seriously? I don't know. Mm. But he's actually been, guy. been playing uh, French pro basketball mm. since 2008. Here he is in game action this week. Curling off the screen, driving baseline. Oh, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't tweet at me. I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's you the man's could. name. Now, I was curious how did did he change his name to ho you fat is this some kind of is it of, spelled like that it's yeah it is h o space y o u space f a t ho you fat none of them are even at least as far as the english spelling would be are even alterations now according to reports that is actually his real name steve's father ivan is chinese and his father's family came to france from china and built the Hoyu Fat Shipping and Logistics Company. What? Steve's father, Ivan, fell in love with an African dance teacher. That's why he's black. Uh, his mother uh, was an African dance teacher. And Steve says he doesn't often talk about his background or his name because that sort of interracial relationship is frowned upon in Chinese culture. Huh. And if you're curious, yes, Steve Hoyu Fat plans to have his jerseys for sale in the United States soon. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of um, (laughs) making things in America, Joe Biden gave a speech in Maryland on Friday, supposedly celebrating economic growth. That was the theme and purpose of the speech, even though there's been an entire year of economic decline with no apparent end in sight, as we'll get to later in the show. But he started the speech with two words made in America. Don't bother counting the words. Let me start off with two words made in America. Made in America. Now, that's actually not a very embarrassing gaffe by Biden standards. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but that sort of thing is at least a weekly occurrence. I, I actually am not that shocked by that one. Mm, yeah. 
But the funniest part is actually what happened with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's response. So she tweeted mocking the quote, two words, let's go, Brandon. Okay. The joke obviously being that let's go, Brandon is also three words. That would be the the punchline or at least the implied punchline. Then in come uh, the blue check dummies to slam Boebert, not Biden, but Boebert, ripping her because her tweet is, in fact, three words with apparent total obliviousness to the joke. Either that or they're trolling. This is so oblivious. I can't believe that these people are serious. So I, I halfway think they're trolling themselves. David Hogg responds, two words. You're an idiot. Well, that's there's the Harvard intellectual at work. Writer and radio host Chip Franklin responded, is Lauren Boebert dumb as dirt or just unable to count? Well, why not both? Why are those even mutually exclusive? You can be I I would say a feature of being dumb as dirt is being unable to count. George Takai tweeted, she can't ellipses pause count. She can't count. And uh, Obama and Biden campaign official John Cooper tweeted, that's three words. She's such a friggin moron. Okay, Joy Reid of MSNBC fame. She tweeted, which two words, though? Let's go or go, Brandon. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that is exactly what Lauren Boebert is mocking with the tweet. Poor senses of humor. Do you do you buy these as serious or are they themselves trolling? You think they're serious? I, I believe it. Ugh. Maybe, maybe once you have become fully indoctrinated, you do lose all humor. You're completely incapable of picking up on it, I suppose. Mm. Well, uh, what's going on? It, it sounds like the Elon Musk Twitter deal is uh, is a done deal at this point. Are there any other any mm. further? He he's done with his attempts to get them to try to be more transparent. It sounds like, and it's not gonna... a done deal, but I think that it's looking good. Um, so in the last few weeks, both sides discussed a price. This was $4 below the around $54 per share, um, that they had agreed upon, but they couldn't agree on additional terms. So on October 3rd, Musk, um, he formally reoffered to buy the company at the original price because there is this, uh, we, we talked about this a little bit, but there's this um, court appearance coming up where basically all the nitty gritty details about the actual worthlessness of Twitter are going to come out. And Musk wants to get that delayed. And I'm sure Twitter wants to avoid that at all costs because a lot will be revealed about the bot situation and <laughs> about the actual worth of the company. Um, so when this happened, uh, when Musk reoffered to buy, Twitter stock went up because everybody's like, all right, sweet. Um, Maybe this is almost over. But the company's lawyers were suspicious of Musk still. So on October 6th, um, he was able to delay the trial. Musk was able to delay the trial. And hopefully, I think what Elon Musk is trying to do, this this is a really good situation for him to be in. Because if they go to trial, all this stuff gets revealed. Um, about Twitter, which is going to devalue it and he'll be able to issue some kind of lower price again. And if it doesn't go to trial, then they'll get this $4 less than the agreed upon amount. So I think this is this is some 3D, 4D chess, Elon Musk style 4D chess. Um, I think it's well played. I think this is actually going to happen. I feel good about it. I can't believe it. Um, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Kanye West gets his account unlocked. Well, it sounds like Elon plans on protecting 
Kanye. At least Kanye, uh, in response to what I gather was his Instagram banning over his posting of texts with, is it P Diddy now? What? How am I supposed Puff to refer? Daddy. Yeah. Is that his official title? Whatever. Uh, spicy like text messages that got his account suspended or banned on Instagram. And Kanye tweeted out uh, on Friday, look at this, Mark, a picture of him and Mark doing what looks like singing karaoke or something. How are you going to kick me off Instagram? You used to be my N-word with a soft A. Mm. And Elon Musk responded, welcome back to Twitter, my friend. Did Kanye just take a long break from Twitter? Is that what happened? I don't follow yeah, his account. Yeah, I think account, he was just so. using Instagram. Um, okay. That's great, though. I mean, if Elon Musk takes over Twitter, that means what he's what he said to Kanye, that means that we're going to be able to talk about whatever we want. I think Kanye's whatever you want tweet that which, by the way, did get banned. Uh, that tweet got taken down. The one where he um, he said, I'm coming. F- I mean, he said, I'm coming for you Jews, but I am also a he Jew. said I'm going DEFCON three. On yeah. Jews. But then he said something of a black Hebrew Israelite perspective yeah. about black people also originating from, from Jews. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that people are, are going to be listening to Kanye. I think that this might the dams might be breaking. This might be a huge cultural moment. I think uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this Elon Musk tweet predated his uh, spicy tweet that was taken no. down. Or was it uh, after? It was after. It was after. Okay. I'm sort of surprised by that, but all right. So Elon the, Musk knows what's up. You remember that tweet that he that he put out? Oh, yeah. Who owns the media? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, well, in fairness, Elon Musk owns a few things himself, so I'll be careful about trusting him until he earns my trust. But I hey, don't know. I th- I think that he might uh, end up being the hero that that we all wanted. I mean, I'm totally against his transhumanist agenda. It's and it's fundamentally anti-Christian, but like if he really gets the censorship thing under control and we can take back Twitter, um, I'm I'm all in with Musk. On that this is a, a major win. And even though I'll I'll withhold my loyalties until I see demonstration worthy of them, it is hard for me to imagine the state of Twitter getting much worse, like him coming in. And the only thing that could be worse I would say is pure functionality immediately after the deal is done, because if this actually goes through all of these Twitter employees are threatening, they're going to bail and or Elon Musk, if he has any sense at all, will fire pretty much all of them, which means the people actually making Twitter run. There might be major turnover there and you might just have website functionality issues for a certain period of time. But I mean, like. A year after the deal is done and, and the machine is humming the way that it's supposed to, I have a hard time believing that Elon Musk could possibly make it worse than it currently I don't care. Is. I'll wait. This month yeah. marks the five-year anniversary that I have been banned from Twitter. I can so, wait a little while. But if your account is restored and there's new leadership under Musk, I assume you would go back or are you done? Hell yeah, I would right. go back. Oh man, the stuff I'm going to say... Dude, uh, I would say Taylor Lorenz. Be sure to block blonde immediately because your your target your target number one for people she wants to make cry. If you're a if you're a professional woman and you don't want to be yeah you don't want to uh, be prompted to tears. I don't know. I've got a higher goal these days. I think oh, you you're aiming high. All right. Well, I can't higher wait. Marks. I can't wait to see what the future holds. <laughs> uh, man, speaking of um, just 
corporate censorship and, and restrictive terms this of service. This story was so crazy that I couldn't, I, I had to read the terms of service because I was like, there's no way this is true. My wife told me about this when it first broke. I think it was Friday. And my initial reaction was, there is no goddamn way. I'll there's believe no that when right. I see it. They're going to get sued into oblivion if they try it. Uh, but late in the week, it was reported that PayPal's upcoming terms update, which was set to take effect on November 3rd. In fact, I think they do have a terms update that's still coming on November 3rd. But there was language reported by the Daily Wire and others that would that the company would be allowed to fine users up to twenty five hundred dollars for pushing, quote unquote, misinformation, meaning that if PayPal doesn't like what you say, they're simply going to take money from your account. And I've seen it claimed elsewhere. I didn't see it in this report, but I've seen people saying, so take it with a grain of salt. The idea was also because my initial reaction was, okay, so what? I will leave my PayPal account forever at zero because I don't want these people clawing it back. They were planning to actually uh, make a withdrawal from your bank if they didn't like what you said or they didn't like what your opinions are. And I gather that the reasoning behind this, it was referred to as damages. Let me find the language in this story. Yeah. The, the now aborted policy, interesting language, the aborted policy said users could be liable for quote unquote damages, including the removal of $2,500 debited directly from your PayPal account per offense. So I gather that the reasoning was PayPal somehow. Yeah. PayPal somehow believes that, uh, your opinions are damaging to their business and they're collecting damages against you. And the idea here would be that you consent to this by checking the box, agreeing to their terms, I suppose. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how all of this was supposed to work. And I guess I'm not supposed to be because PayPal is saying that was accidental. This is all a big misunderstanding. The daily wire first published the story on Friday by Saturday in response, the story trended on Twitter and people, a lot of people from at least what I've seen on Twitter, canceling their PayPal accounts, uh, which I don't think is a, a foolish thing to do. But um, PayPal, as of Saturday, has already backed off in a statement. PayPal now says an accepted use policy notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. PayPal is not finding people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We're sorry for the confusion this has caused, but in what insane universe was the language ever drafted at all? Because that's whether they plan to implement it or not. It's clear that the company did, in fact, draft this language as some sort of policy consideration. That is a major walk back. Yeah, I I mean, I I gather they're not going to do this now, but it still tells me that there's people in positions of power at PayPal that were considering this. That this made it past some sort of closed door discussion, which is completely insane. The old Roe v. Wade leak. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I don't care what the terms are. I'd be interested for a lawyer's opinion on this. And uh, if you There's happen no to be, no way this is legal, right? How could the terms say I consent to let you take money from me for whatever amount you deem appropriate when you disagree with my opinions? How can you, like, an unspecified amount up to? An insanely high $2,500? Yeah. <laughs> I gather that private companies can do a lot with broadly worded terms when you consent to them. But this seems so broad. Can I actually sign, can I sign the, or check the box that says, I give you the authority to steal from me in whatever amount you deem fit? Yeah, nobody would do that. But people don't read the terms of service, so... 
that seems like lawsuit bait to me, but maybe I have a legal misunderstanding. So again, if you're a, a person with uh, legal expertise in such an area, I invite your, your thoughts by email or chat or however you'd like to submit it. Well, big news of the week, at least one piece. Uh, like there's a ton of big news this week, so we'll probably move pretty quickly through a lot of these stories. And just, you know, there's so, so much detail that I don't, I suppose we won't have time to get into because I want to get through so many things, but major news on the, of the week on Thursday, the Washington post reported via DOJ leaks to their reporters that federal agents investigating Hunter Biden now believe they have gathered sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and lying on a gun purchase form about his drug use. In fact, According to the report, agents determined months ago that they had a viable criminal case against Hunter. Uh, And uh, this report, of course, cites the trademarked Washington Post anonymous sources with knowledge of the case, which means what leak? It means someone at the DOJ leaking this information to reporters for a purpose. We don't know what that purpose is, but they're doing it for some reason that benefits them. The investigation has been ongoing since 2018. It began with a focus on Hunter's finances related to his overseas business dealings. Over time, investigators have focused on whether he properly reported and paid taxes on all of that income. The gun purchase in which he lied on the paperwork about drug use was also in 2018. We talked about this at the time. This is the one where he apparently just threw a revolver away in the dumpster, I believe is how that one ended. So it wasn't just... And the the lie is whenever you fill out a form to purchase a gun, at least from a a federally licensed dealer, there is a box to check that says I am not a user or in Hunter Biden's case, an addict of illegal drugs. Hunter Biden checked that box. No, I am not, which carries up to a 10 year, a penalty of up to 10 years in prison or a significant fine. I forget what the uh, I think it's a $250,000 fine maximum. Like Um, he cares about lie. And and we know he lied because he's written extensively about his drug addiction uh, in his book and talked about it on TV and all the rest. So that's what the, the gun charge is about. Now, of course, none of this says anything about Hunter's business dealings in general. The focus of the charges here would be um, whether Hunter paid taxes on his earnings, not whether those earnings were legitimate. So when he flies around the world appearing to abuse his father's position of power or sell that uh, and sell that influence for personal gain, which I say appears to, to be polite. Uh, That's what he's doing. That's what, that's the only reason the guy has a single dollar to his name is because his last name is by, he said that in the interview. Yeah. Well, uh, my last name, I cash in on that. That's, that's why I have money. Uh, In other words, this, this investigation does not look at the bigger questions. Uh, What was Hunter Biden paid to do? Who is the big guy? Why doesn't anybody care about Tony Bobolinsky and the files on the laptop? None of those things are answered or looked at in this investigation, at least not as reported and characterized in this report. But you can be sure, as the uh, as the anonymous sources say, Merrick Garland has pledged there will be no political or any unjust interference otherwise in this case. And he says that he personally has not moved to push uh, Weiss, who is the the um, U.S. attorney in Delaware. That's David Weiss. And I should note, uh, note because the FBI says they believe they have sufficient evidence to charge. It's a it's a, a completely separate decision by the U.S. attorney as to whether he wants to bring charges. So if this report is accurate, that decision would now be in the hands of this um, U.S. attorney for Delaware, 
uh, Weiss, who was a Trump appointee. But Merrick Garland is saying, I have not applied, nor would I ever apply any sort of undue or political pressure, which um, I'm sure we can count on because we've never known this attorney general to be political at all, except for when he's calling parents uh, protesting at school boards terrorists, except for when he's putting out press releases disagreeing with Supreme Court decisions. Remember that earlier in the summer? Yes. Well, the DOJ disagrees with what the Supreme Court says. Good for you. Uh, also, <laughs> he, he wasn't political at all when he's sending the FBI around the country to raid grandmas over January 6th mm-hmm. and really any other day that he's had on the job. Take your pick. I'm sure there was no undue political influence pushed by Merrick Garland in any way. Now, in a statement, Hunter's lawyer uh, named Chris Clark said he has had no contact whatsoever with any federal investigative agent. Therefore, a rendition of the case from such a quote-unquote agent is inherently biased, one-sided, and inaccurate. It is regrettable that law enforcement agents appear to be violating the law to prejudice a case without... Uh, to prejudice the case against a person who is a target simply because of his family name. That's hilarious that he thinks because of the Biden name, the DOJ has turned on Hunter. That's why DOJ known to hate the Biden family, known to go after them with everything they have. Um, but to the original point, whoever leaked this information leaked it for a reason. There's some benefit to be obtained. And that, that's why I think that, uh, Mark Levin's theory on this story is most likely correct. Levin says that he thinks the DOJ is leaking this information to give the appearance of fairness or nonpartisanship ahead of, ahead of what could be uh, coming Trump charges. I think what they're trying to do is lay a predicate lay a foundation, not a legal predicate, but a foundation for the American people, and particularly conservatives that go on, well, why don't they indict him? Why don't they indict Hunter? It's black and white. They've got the goods on him. And then we have Merrick Garland say, you see, I believe in equality under the law. So we did X, Y, Z to Hunter Biden, and now we're doing X, Y, Z to Donald Trump. I think this is a complete setup. I think uh, Hunter Biden is small potatoes. I think they're protecting Joe Biden, who obviously is more important. He's the president of the United States, and they have absolutely no interest in him. Well, obviously, I mean, I'm sick of these constitutional conservative pundit stating what is obvious to everybody but this is a really good move (laughs) this is a really good move by the biden administration because what hunter has done is going to have to be addressed in one way or another this is like the the civilian equivalent of pleading something down without the judicial aspect they're like all right we'll take these uh gun charges which no one gives a fuck about and we'll address that before the election Mm -hmm. and uh we know merrick garland's not gonna do anything about it so let's just do this And everybody will shut up about it. And then later they can be like, oh, we already adjudicated this. My initial reaction was that I didn't expect any movement on this before the uh, the election. But uh, but now I'm I'm starting to second guess that for a a couple of reasons. Um, There's another theory beyond what Levin is saying there about potential shenanigans here. And that's just outright provocation. We know at least I think it's fair to observe that there are multiple efforts every single week where they're just poking people with the stick, like the dark Brandon speech saying, come on, do a January 6th. Come on, come on. Now, let's say that they leak out this information that Hunter is all but guilty, which everybody kind of already knows. But if the DOJ themselves says that, that's kind of significant. And then they 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 bring charges. Now, if they bring charges, 
I would like to say there's no possible way that Biden would ever be so brazenly corrupt as to pardon his own son, say, right before an election or really ever. But of course he would. We've seen all sorts of it's never going to get to that level, though. You don't think they'll bring charges at all? I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it's going to get to the point where we're where Biden would have to do that. That would be um, that would be a political disaster for him. I think it would but it would show would nepotism it? even. Yeah, I mean, how- that's the provocation I'm talking about, where everyone knows Hunter's guilty. The DOJ all but says he's guilty. He a charge is brought. Joe pardons Hunter. And then what? There's. There's January 6th bait. There's riot bait. And they love they love the they love the reaction. They want the reaction, especially before Election Day. They want to be able to run on right wing extremism. So you God, bait the extremism so much. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, but I think they're playing this well for them. I think this is wise. Whatever it is, uh, there's clearly more than meets the eye. It's some strategic move. It's uh, the, the leak is a guarantee of that. This is not. This is not just uh, some honest attempt at uh, equal treatment but under the law. What is of the utmost importance is that that Joe Biden is not implicated. Uh, they don't care about anything else. They're like, uh, all right, let's throw some charges against yeah. Hunter. People will immediately forget about that. We've already seen him like getting his dick stroked by some prostitute's feet. Like they're going to get over some gun charge. Right. Uh, but Joe cannot be implicated, even though he was clearly involved in all this. Well, we'll never know who the who the big guy officially is. <laughs> well, there's uh, a, another layer to the story. Um, the Wall Street Journal also published a report yesterday, and they're saying that Hunter may never be held accountable. Charges were expected by the end of summer. They haven't happened yet, uh, in part because the Justice Department is reportedly wrestling with the facts of the case related to Hunter's drug addiction. I don't completely understand what they're saying here, so maybe you can help me uh, or perhaps the chat can. But this is a report sourced from the same trusty anonymous sources with knowledge of the case. This time they're speaking with the the Wall Street Journal. And they're saying that Hunter's drug abuse could actually be a scapegoat that the defense could successfully use to defend Hunter against potential charges. Even though in the in the gun case, that's the basis for the charges, his drug use. But here's the the relevant paragraph prosecutors from the u.s attorney's office in delaware which has been leading the investigation are struggling with whether certain facts such as his well-documented drug addiction would present a defense against a potential criminal tax case now i interpret that to mean mm. that they're going to say that hunter didn't know what he was doing or that he, he lacked capacity to make he evaded decisions. taxes accidentally as a consequence of his drug use is that the route that they're going no, this is a this this is clearly a, a mental capacity issue. That's what they're framing it hmm. as. Also, wise they are slippery. Hmm. Ooh. Well, we uh we will see. I like I said, I initially thought no way this has has uh, that anything happens before the midterm on this, but now now I think we might see some movement, but not for authentic law enforcement reasons, for purely political reasons. So I'll be watching this closely. Um, And even if Hunter does end up somehow being bad news for Biden, which I think is all but impossible. But even if that's the case, it's that's likely not even close to the worst news of the week for the president. And unfortunately, by extension for the country, as the economy uh, continues to uh, to struggle and now gas prices are back on the rise. The national average is now three ninety one up 20 cents from the mid September low of three seventy a gallon. No matter what Joe says about how many states 
have an average price of $2.99 a gallon or lower. Some of that is due to OPEC's announcement this week that they will reduce oil production by 2 million barrels a day. OPEC, of course, is the 24-member alliance of oil-producing countries, including Russia and Saudi Arabia. Now, for reference, the world consumes about, uh, well, this, this NPR report says up to 100 million barrels a day. So this cut would represent at least 2% uh, of, our, of our daily consumption, uh, probably more uh, on, the, on average. OPEC is citing uncertainty that surrounds the global economic and oil market outlook. Uh, in other words, as economies decline, oil consumption declines, and as consumption declines, production will decline to match. That's simple supply adjusting to match demand. Hilariously, Joe Biden calls this decision from OPEC, quote, short-sighted, as though it's not uh, short-sighted to be constantly insisting on reducing American oil production and to be relying on these uh, these countries in the first place. When we produce oil at home, he calls that short-sighted. We need yeah. to be investing in green energy. Uh, when other countries cut back on oil production, that is also short-sighted. So buy a shotgun and an electric car. That is the long-term wisdom from Joe Biden. And of course, in that speech where Joe Biden said uh, two words made in America, he added that the Ru- it's the Russians and the Saudis' fault that the prices are increasing. I didn't even prep this clip because we've heard him say it a million times. Um, But he's still not explaining why, if the Russians and the Saudis are so bad, why we choose to rely on them in the global market instead of our own production, or at least rely on them more than we have to by not increasing our own production. Recall, it was just three months ago. It was back in July. We talked about it on the show. Uh, Biden went to Saudi Arabia and controversially fist bumped Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman before begging for more oil production. Now, it's entirely possible this actually has nothing to do with that but i think it's also possible that reducing production to increase price is also a hilarious pre-election middle finger to biden yeah and hilarious until we all have to visit the pump and pay the consequences ourselves but i I do think that uh oh i don't know do you think that this is strictly a, a market reaction or do you think that they are playing a political game Hmm. Could be both. Not mutually exclusive, yeah. I suppose. It's probably a market reaction. I, I mean, it, do, it does make sense. If you have less oil consumption, you're going to you're going to cut back. That's a natural consequence. But I'm sure like all things, they have ulterior motives. It's the timing. It's the <laughs> timing. It's always the timing. the timing. I rip the timing and then I cite the timing. But yeah, we're a month out from a midterm election. I, I don't know. I, I got to think there's some biden middle finger component to this but mm-hmm. yeah anyway uh <laughs> more uh what was the word it was head scratching right last week we we're talking about head scratching economic news we got head scratching economic news once again because we got a better than expected jobs report and then the market tanked or at least yeah i, yeah, I yeah. tanked is an overused word it, it the market declined in the way that it's been declining for months it just continued that's, that's true on pace uh, Apparently, this is based upon some economic philosophy that's intuitive. I'm going to talk about how it's fucking retarded in a second. But the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 630 points. This is pretty standard for the last uh, for Q1, Q2, 2.1%. The S&P and tech-heavy Nasdaq tumbled almost 3% and 3.8%, respectively. But this was on the heels of this better-than-expected um, job market report. So... 
the estimates were that the unemployment rate was going to be 3.7%. It's 3.5%. So, okay, there is this economic theory called the Phillips curve, whereby inflation and unemployment have a, a stable and inverse relationship. So okay. as economic growth, um, with economic growth comes inflation, and that leads to more jobs and less unemployment. So what has happened is they're looking at the rate of inflation and they're like, the only way we can counterbalance this is by increasing the unemployment rate because right. they're inversely related, which is retarded because in any healthy economy, intuitively, um, it's going to bolster the market uh, with a more robust labor market. It's going to be better for the economy. That's obviously going to drive any number of indices consumer spending will go up like what, people are going to be buying houses and interacting with the market more how could this be a bad thing is it fair to say that the market analysts have officially become collapsitarian they don't see enough bad signs to see the green grass on the other side and so they this is not a new theory though okay. this is based on uh historical economic precedent and they teach they taught it to me in economic school okay. <laughs> so like like people really believe but, this i don't i don't understand how it could possibly make sense though but just so um, i understand Clearly, they are worried that better jobs numbers indicate that inflation is not under control. And that's what yes. they're worried about. Yeah. Okay. And that's why the market tanked. So All this right. is a, a quote about it for anybody that's still confused. Um, a falling unemployment rate signals an increase in the demand for labor, which puts upward pressure on wages. Profit maximizing firms then raise the prices of their products in response to rising labor costs, okay. which they think results in inflation. But I don't know how they could possibly derive causation from that. I, I I am not an economist. I got a crappy degree from University of Missouri and then like was drunk on my financial job for a few years. So I, I'm not the kind of person that, <laughs> that should be talking about this. But this does not make any sense to me. Um, the mark of a healthy economy is uh, is low unemployment and low inflation, right? Those are those are incredibly important drivers. Well, all I know is that it's very healthy because of the propaganda that the White House keeps putting out. Yeah. The White House again tweeted a graphic that supposedly shows that Biden has created keyword created an average of half a million jobs a month far better. That's not how it works. That's than not any how it works. of the prior five presidents, but especially better than Trump, who somehow averaged a monthly loss. Of course, that average uh, being influenced heavily by the massive panic of the spring of 2020. You might uh, say that skewed the results a little bit. Mm. Uh, of course, uh, what this uh, graphic does not tell you is these are not new jobs. Implied by created is something new. Now, these are merely some recovery of what was lost in 2020. When you look at Trump and you look at Biden in this chart, they have completely different baselines. That's why you're getting a different result. Um, but but um, and, we're, and we're not even close to a full recovery of where we were before 2020. I know at some level, I sound like a broken, broken record on this because we keep talking about it on a month by month basis. But it's really important. And I just want to keep an eye focused on that labor force participation rate because that dropped again. This is, again, the, the percentage of adults actively working. That's what we're looking at with the labor force participation rate. It dropped, per this same report, to 62.3%. That's a tenth of a percent down from last month. And it's still a full percent down from where it was February 2020. According to this coverage in CNBC, it accounts for, I believe this is an account of a... This is just August to September. The size of the labor force decreased by 57,000. 57,000 fewer people working 
what is this discouraged workers or people that can't get jobs at their skill level? I, I don't, uh, it says a more com- encompassing measure that includes discouraged workers and those holding part-time jobs for econ- economic reasons. So both um, underemployed and discouraged workers. Yeah. So in any case, 57,000 fewer people working in September than the month prior. That's not good. Jeez, that is a lot of people. Whenever unemployment is cited, just remember people not claiming jobless benefits, which is what people we're talking about unemployment. That's what we're talking about is people trying to claim jobless benefits. People not doing that is not a measure of productivity. Them working is a measure of productivity. So we want to figure out, are they working? We look at a couple of things. GDP, we can look at labor force participation. Both of those are down for, in the case of GDP, the entirety of the year, um, the labor force participation rate has just been kind of hovering sometimes up a tick, sometimes down a tick, but still significantly down from where it was prior to all of this nonsense. So they can talk about who's working and who's not all they want, but, but uh, we're not looking at productivity. We need to measure productivity and the productivity of our economy continues to suffer. And because he can't talk about that, at least in any honest terms, Biden's pre-election moves are just getting more desperate and dishonest. It's just throwing out the Hail Marys, one of which is the student loan forgiveness debacle, which uh, there's some new information, but something shady is still going on with the student loan forgiveness plan. Now, recall Biden said that anyone earning under a poverty wage of $125,000 a year uh, who has student loans will get at least $10,000 in student debt cancellation up to $20,000, depending on Pell Grant. eligibility and all the rest but they made that announcement uh weeks ago and they've just sat on it lawsuits there are currently four are trying to challenge it but some of them have had difficulty establishing standing as in a basis for and the damages by uh, the issue in the case because the biden administration isn't saying a lot specific about the plan now i posted uh last week that i think that that is something of a deliberate legal theory to avoid review by the courts But there is another theory that I think is maybe gaining some steam Uh, that this whole thing is just a made up election ploy that Biden knows he can't and won't do it. And he just announced it and he's going to drag this out until after the election in November, at which time he will pull the rug out because uh, he only cares about scraping together what votes he can. I mean, he's not going to have uh, unanimous support, irrespective of his of his decisions here. This is going to piss off his millennial communist base they're gonna freak out if he, but if, if it's after this. the midterms who cares they'll forget well, you don't want to be a president that has a low approval rating well but he has until 2024 to throw them some other ridiculous bones that they'll bite onto in the meantime i think this would be suicidal if he didn't have an intent <laughs> to fulfill don't you well maybe maybe this is how they go down they do the uh, hunter biden provocation and they they piss off the the uh the oath keepers and then they do the student loan pulling out the rug on that and they piss off the pink hairs. And then you have an unlikely proud boy pink hair alliance to take out the president metaphorically, Susan electorally. Well, he should do it now that he said he's going to do it. Well, on this point that they're just going to delay this and it's some election game, a judge has now said there will be no debt forgiven before October 17th in one of the cases challenging the move. So that's at least a little more than a week from now, a week from uh, a week from Monday. And even if the judge changes his mind, you can't actually apply right now, even if you wanted to. Weeks ago, Biden said that the applications through the Department of Education website, that those were going to be up uh, any day now. You could apply any day. 
the Department of Education had originally said early October. That's what they meant by any day. Well, according to my estimates, tomorrow is October 10th, meaning that early October has <laughs> has already passed. passed by most people's measure. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if this doesn't happen at all or is severely restricted such that people who thought they were eligible may not be. They've already made some financial moves to get around these lawsuits that eliminate eligibility for a lot of people. So as the rules playing a dangerous game here, I just I, 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 I think that this thing is uh, going to be very disappointing for some people. Biden also promised weed pardons this week. Oh, great. So. Similar, yeah. Did you benefit on this one? Did they, your federal? <laughs> no, I mean I'm with conviction? him here, but this is just yeah. pandering nonsense. Yeah. No, I have never been arrested. Shockingly, I'm surprised he had all this time to send his DOJ after you and get you on weed <laughs> charges. Uh, anyway, Biden announced this week he's pardoning everyone who's been charged with simple marijuana possession at the federal level. The White House estimates that will impact about 6,500 people with prior federal convictions. Uh, potentially thousands more in D.C. who will benefit from this relief. But just like the student loan relief, um, it does nothing to change the status quo. So it calls just like with the student loan situation, it calls the current system wrong, unjust Mm -hmm. and lets everyone off the hook. But if you get caught with weed tomorrow in the same way that if you take out a student loan tomorrow, in the case of the weed, it's still a federal crime in the state of the student loan. You're still on the hook for it. Um, the DOJ has confirmed that this proclamation from Biden applies only to charges prior to October 6th. Anything that happens after October 6th, including let's say you get busted federally for weed today, October 10th, that's still valid. That's still fair game. Yeah. Uh, Biden said, quote, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. But the truth is almost nobody is. Uh, The people who uh, appear to be in federal prison for a simple possession charge. Usually they've taken a plea deal. They've agreed to plea down uh, and take a possession conviction in place of a more serious crime, or it's a possession charge that's tacked on to something more serious. As suspicious as I am of the feds, uh, the idea that there are a ton of people rotting in federal prison because they smoked a joint once. That's, that's not the case. It's not true. Yeah. Um, and of course, this does nothing. If you're if you're a person who has a conviction on uh, state charges, this does nothing for you. Uh, let's see a couple more stories here before we uh, break at the top of the hour. Another move of desperation, though, and I didn't have as much time to look into this as I wanted to. Perhaps I'll revisit this on my own. But Democrats are apparently setting up actual fake news shops ahead of the midterms. This is uh, according to an investigation by Axios. Democratic operatives are flooding battleground states with more than 50 supposedly local media outlets that are really designed to promote left wing candidates and propaganda. The man behind the operation is David Brock, the founder of Media Matters for America. These, yeah, the, uh, when they're not just uh, watching, you know, online content and posting the clips on Twitter, they're making fake news websites to promote Democratic candidates, apparently. These websites put a local disguise on what is little more than progressive propaganda. There are 51 of these sites, like the Milwaukee Metro Times, the Macomb. How do I pronounce that? Macomb? Mm-hmm. M-A-C-O-M-B. Macomb, right? Macomb Digest. The Mecklenburg Herald, the Tri-City Record, and dozens more. The site's republish aggregated local crime and sports stories to make them look legitimate. And then they just sprinkle in the propaganda too. So for example, 
from the uh, the Mecklenburg Times here, we have a screenshot. Some of the uh, articles that they have at the sorry, the Mecklenburg Herald. The Inflation Reduction Act is set to alleviate health care costs and expand coverage for North Carolinians. This is uh, Charlotte area. Out of 100 counties in North Carolina, only four counties are above the national average gas prices. Semiconductor facility uh, deal set to create thousands of jobs for Chatham County in North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, there's nothing uh, wrong with um, with uh, news with a slant. You you could say that, that much of that is done on this show. Yeah. Um, what's wrong is disguising the work as authentic local coverage when it is not. And that when you dig into where this is coming from, that there's another hilarious tidbit in here. The operation is run by a central business entity called Local Report Inc. And where did these progressive propagandists choose to headquarter and incorporate their operation? Ironically, in the DeSantis hellscape of Florida, presumably for tax reasons and other freedom based values, they decided to set up shop. Pyre beware. If you weren't skeptical about your news sources in 2022, then I don't really feel sorry for you if you're being propagandized. It's kind of on the on the person reading. They, they, they never do this as effectively as they think that they do. I, I would hope that the average viewer is smart enough to see through it. Uh, and, you know, obviously, I would say th- I would say that to everybody. Scrutinize the Mecklenburg Herald in the same way you would scrutinize our show. Um, but I just think there's a there's such a distinction, too, between giving an opinion that you authentically believe that is wrong or debatable and standing by that versus putting up a, a disguise, putting up a front, acting like you're something that you're not to try to get people to buy into it more, which is what's going on here, of course. So uh, we'll see what develops there. And, um, you know, I, I, the best thing I can say, as I said at the top of the show, at least the end is near. None of this matters if Biden is right and nuclear apocalypse is indeed upon us. He said at a Democratic fundraiser on Thursday night, we have not faced the prospect. We've not faced a prospect of Armageddon like this since uh, Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Biden says the nuclear threat from Putin is real because his military is significantly underperforming. The Ukrainians are crushing Putin, which is why we're going to need to send billions more to Ukraine immediately, just so everyone's clear. (laughs) Kareem Jean-Pierre on Friday declined to clarify if Biden had gone into the into the event intending to invoke Armageddon. That's a great sentence. Did he intend to invoke Armageddon or is that just off the cuff? Probably. Now, this is this is pretty ominous. I think whatever's going on, the White House, the White House are preppers now. Everyone at the White House, they're buying ammo and silver and uh, and, uh, you know, food you can store for the long term seriously they they're they're buying anti-radiation drugs the biden administration this week purchased 290 million dollars worth of anti-radiation drugs the department of health and human services says that this uh the the major supply of these drugs is part of an ongoing effort to be better prepared to save lives following radiological and nuclear emergencies so do they know something that we don't i'm not particularly worried about it are you uh, well, I would say that my I've thought a little bit more about nuclear Armageddon this week than I have in most weeks. But to your point, you kind of have to pick your Armageddon. You're going to get Armageddon in some form, it seems like. So um, as, as I wrote in the notes, you got to pick your Geddon. Which Geddon <laughs> would you prefer? You could have. Sure, you can have uh, Joe Biden's nuclear Armageddon. You could have uh, Hunter Biden's Parmageddon. 
That one might be fun. You could have Fauci's Farmageddon. That's the one oh, I want. Okay. I, I don't like want it. that one at all. I don't want Far- Fauci's Farmageddon. <laughs> and then don't forget, there's another Farmageddon. That's Bill Gates Farmageddon with an F. <laughs> that one is also dangerous. I'd rather be nuked than starve if I have to pick. Who made this? This is high level stuff. I like it. <laughs> it's a great account. Uh, it's grand old memes on Twitter. They have uh, high level productions. Uh, I enjoy that follow. Well, look at that. Right at the top of the hour, we should probably take a break before we hop into the Vegas mass stabbing. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Um, let's start from the top. These are all from today. Yeah. Today's the ninth. Okay. Yeah, I cleared it out. I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Holden Mulray. If you had to eat um, a whole pie, I thought this is a whole pick, in one sitting, what kind would it be? Um Okay, normally I would say an apple pie. That's one of your denser pies. If I, a banana cream pie, I, I think I think that I'd be able to do that more easily than an apple pie. I didn't know people actually ate those. I thought they were just for throwing on people's faces. I like a good banana cream pie, unless that's a sex thing, in which case. <laughs> uh, um, well, iBot, thank you for supporting the show, by the way. And uh, I am not going to be niggardly. To uh, Holden. Uh, my preference on pie is cherry pie. And that's not to say that all other pies are inferior necessarily. I do like a good apple pie. Uh, I'll even entertain pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. But all other pies have to be done perfectly to be on the level of cherry pie. Cherry pie is sort of like pizza it's to me. Where even when it's bad, it's, pie. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I'm going with cherry. Okay. Lemon meringue. Oh, that's a good that. Yeah, you guys. Daniel Kungo. It wasn't long ago we saw stories of major jams in the flow of ships to our ports. Now it's the opposite. A reported 75% drop in shipping traffic. Is this a warning of more shortages incoming? Yes. Yes. Well, I, uh, there's that interpretation, which I'm not dismissing. But the other reality of it is as we are all inflated out of our purchasing power, there's just significantly less demand, too. So it makes sense that we're going to import a lot less crap when people have, uh, if not fewer dollars, their dollar individually, their individual dollar will purchase less crap. So part of it is just the demand reality of an inflated economy. We we don't we don't need all that imported crap anymore. We got to buy food and gas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Robin D. Banks. Times get tough, but this is what we're here for. We shine brightest in the dark. They want us blackpilled, checked out, and giving up. Don't give them the satisfaction. Remember St. George, grab your armor. Honestly, yesterday was the most hopeful I have felt in like three years, maybe. <laughs> Kanye had that effect on you, did he? This is a huge moment. This is a watershed moment in the culture. Well, I uh, I think it's going to be a highly entertaining October for any number of reasons. And I can't wait to see it. Kanye really planned things out. Like this Tucker interview was so good. I did not see it in full. I saw some of the clips. I saw what he said about abortion. Uh, he made some comments about the Clintons trying to get him to promote the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I but I didn't him. see all of um, You know, the last straw was when people messed with his kids and when Pete Davidson went and banged his wife. Who has custody was, of the children? Does he share? They or? share custody. Yeah. Okay. But they, they're going to some shitty school and getting indoctrinated and he's trying to fight it and everything like that. He, he has some really innovative ideas. Like what he was talking about on Tucker, I was like, wow, this is... This could be huge for the black community. Huge. Well, of course, he. the first thing was he came out at that fashion show with the White Lives Matter shirt and everyone was all yeah. pissed off. And he's like, hold my beer. I got something else for you. Hang on. 
man, you know, if he if he hadn't married um, Kim Kardashian, he and Candace Owens would have been just the best power couple. I'm going to pass on the invitation to speculate about anything in that in that uh in that oh, friendship that would have been so awesome um no no yeah. i don't think anything happened i'm not accusing them of behaving in some untoward manner i just think it's a missed opportunity that they didn't get married and have kids um nicholas h adl defense systems have uh, raised mm, i think we can say that one okay kvetch con four kvetch right kvetch con <laughs> the adl it? defense systems are up after the after Kanye's escapade. Is that like uh, some Hebrew thing like Shmir? I'll look it up right Kvetch. now. It's a, a person who complains a great Kvetch. Ah, is it um, Yiddish? I don't know the origin. It says North American here uh, on the Google result. But I, let's oh. see. I could. Uh, um, I don't see the origin here on Miriam Webster either. Is this like it's like saying somebody's schlepping something up a hill? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the. Uh, oh, it, it is Yiddish in origin. You are correct. Mm. Yeah. The Mike David Smoke Show. Etymology, a- by the way, that's the word that's I was looking it. for earlier. Why could neither of us figure that out? Full circle. I'm like Latin root. Um, smoking a rocky patel edge this evening starts soft and warm on the palate. Hints of chocolate, nutmeg, and coffee in the middle finishes clean with the ghosts of bourbon and leather. And that's just my beard. <laughs> wow, that must be fantastic. Congratulations. In with some racist joke. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Annabelle Smith Kingsley. Love you guys. Been watching since in defense of Nicole Arbor. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. What is that bitch up to these days? I think she's still making content. Thank you for uh, tuning in for that one. That's 2015. And by the way, if people don't remember, that is the basis on which uh, I was defamed by Jenk Uger when he said, Skag 3, whoever that is. Listen, prick, because he thought I said something that I didn't. Um, but that was back when you could actually get viral play on YouTube when anybody could post something and really get a rise. And that was the first ever truly viral video I ever made. And it was, um, when everybody turned on Nicole Arbor for making the dear fat people video and acting like she had to be, it was like a, one of the early cancel culture moments where she had to be canceled because she made fun of fat people. And, uh, (laughs) And there I was uh, talking about uh, how even if you don't like the humor, we shouldn't jump on this sort of cancel bandwagon. And and uh, my perspectives have changed on a lot of things. But that was an early that was my early entry into sort of the free speech principle perspective on YouTube that uh, I like to think I still maintain today. At least I hope she's still doing the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't heard anything from her in a little while, but. Um, let's do a few more, uh, metal rules. I like twiddles. Do you really oh, sound sh- like that? <laughs> do you know that reference though? Mm-mm. Oh man. Uh, old, old viral video clip of a, a young boy in Portland. And the reason I know this is because I was in Portland at the time he was interviewed at some sort of summer festival in a zombie costume and makeup, probably a 10 year old boy. The reporter walks up to him. I'm here with zombie Jonathan. Jonathan, wow, you're such a great zombie. What do you have to say? He just looks straight at the camera and says, I like toidles. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Jonathan. Back to you in the studio. It's purely innocent, but it's just a little boy using his uh, at least local news prominence to announce his love of toidles. Well, we all love toidles. I like toidles. You can see the, the clip. I'm sure it's still up. 
Boogeyman917 says, I doubt it. Should we do some more? Should we circle back? Uh, I, c- I should probably catch I up with... With Tippy stream? Well, actually, Tippy does load into the system. I forgot I don't need to do that. Oh, yeah. That. We don't have to do that anymore. So do let me... Uh, is Tippy feeding correctly? Uh, yeah, I Tippy don't know is. He... Tippy is. Okay. We're good. So we'll we'll get back to Tippy later. Um, yeah, we can stop there. Okay, sure. That'll work. I, I forgot when we're using the new system, we should probably bounce back and forth. But uh, but that's quite all right. Thank you guys for uh, your chats. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We will come back to the rest toward the end of the show. In the meantime, let's get back into the news and uh, what was a uh, a spontaneous mass stabbing on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, yeah, it wasn't super spontaneous, but uh, this guy, uh, Yoni Barrios, he's 32, he uh, apparently tried to approach these sluts, these showgirls, and uh, they made fun of his outfit. <laughs> Have a little respect, my God. I mean, come on. What do you All want, right. want from me? All right. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to talk about him too, Mr. Guatemalan illegal. Over don't here. worry. I'm going to talk about how it's sad that they were killed. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sad. I'm pretty <laughs> sad. I'm sad for the people that weren't sluts that got stabbed. Okay. Well, I'll meet you um, there. Anyway, actually, I only know for sure that one of these chicks was a showgirl. So, so the other one, uh, that might be a bummer. But he went up and he was taking a picture with them and he told them that he was a chef because he was in like a white shirt and then he like, Un, he brought out like a giant knife and then they were like whoa 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 and then he said sorry man and he just started stabbing people apparently the chicks were judging his outfit or he perceived that they were judging his outfit I think that he might have overreacted like just you know, hmm. two of them are dead he stabbed eight people um, the broads were 30 and 47 so yeah he um he just thought they were making fun of him and just start just started stabbing. I don't know who the other six people were, though. He was just stabbing random people. Yeah, it that. sounds like he just ran around. Here is uh, a local news report with some of the scenes. New information on the deadly Las Vegas Strip stabbing. According to new police documents, the suspect confessed to killing two and injuring six others. A source says he chose his victims at random Thursday morning. 32-year-old Yanni Barrios faced the judge yesterday. The arrest report says he thought a group of showgirls were laughing at him and he started slashing. He allegedly looked for more people to, quote, let the anger out. He reportedly said, sorry, man, to one of his victims as he stabbed him in the back. (laughs) Who's courteous about it? That guy doesn't look crazy at all. Um, one reason I wanted to talk about this too: whenever we have these stabbing events, there is a common, uh, I suppose, pro-gun control reaction. Well, imagine if he had a gun; he, he could have done so much more damage. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but imagine being in the situation that many people were on Thursday or whenever this happened, where you're out just strolling around on a nice day in a public area. You're minding your own business until some butcher knife wielding insane person starts charging at you and hacking at random people. Now, even when the weapon of the attacker is a knife, you absolutely want a gun to defend yourself. I don't want to engage crazy knife man with melee weapons. Even if I have my own knife, I don't want a knife fight. Mm -hmm. And this is a situation where a guy should have been uh, put down before he could have inflicted more damage. Uh, so uh, even I, better, uh, why was he in this country? Isn't this just such a sign of the times that some crazy-looking illegal Guatemalan kills a bunch of Vegas sluts? It's like, yeah, America. I'm supposed to care about this story too. It's like, well, why is he in this country at all? Did it? Uh, 
Do we know how long he's been here? Let me look at the report. I don't know. He has a criminal, criminal record. record. Oh, in the sanctuary state of California. He came from California, did he? Awesome. That's yeah, how could know. that possibly have happened? How can you cross state lines with a criminal record if you're an illegal alien? What do these people think is going to happen? Yeah, I don't know how long he's been here, but uh, but yeah, that's the the point of these things. You don't know when that sort of insane evil is going to strike, and you got to prepare accordingly. And uh, it's very obviously very sad to have to learn this lesson the hard way. And I hope nobody else does. But but uh, this this sort of philosophy that if we just deleted the guns, that will make the crazy people less dangerous. Uh, no, no, no. You don't want the guns deleted when the crazy people come after you with whatever they can get their hands on. In this case, uh, in this Wasn't case, it like very, an 18 inch knife or something. Yeah. Crazy? I, I, yeah. And I hate to tell you, even if you think you can somehow criminalize the manufacturing of guns, you can't, especially with the. Uh, technological development of 3d printers and other things, you are not going to be able to criminalize the production of blades. It's just, uh, it's very primitive. It's very easy to do. We're not going backward on that one. Uh, Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, senseless attacks in public situations. Okay. I've had better, but you know, they are of something of a similar theme. Uh, The trial of, I thought it was Daryl Brooks. Now in the courtroom, I hear Darrell Brooks. So I guess we'll go with Darrell. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, This is the guy, of course, who drove his Ford Ford Escape uh, through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, last Thanksgiving uh, or last Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, that trial began on Monday. Now, recall that Brooks's lawyers had originally planned on an insanity plea that he was not competent to stand trial. Well, that's out the window. And so are Brooks's lawyers. In fact, he's representing himself and uh, his self-representation became bizarrely disruptive. As soon as the trial began on Monday, his interruptions got him kicked out of the courtroom to an adjacent room where he could still participate through a camera and a microphone. But of course, the court could mute him and his disruptions during the proceedings. Brooks then took off his shirt. He was uh already wearing a, a prison jumpsuit to begin with. So I, I don't know to be fair. I'm not sure he actually had uh, any kind of option for attire, but I got to think from a perspective of persuading the jury already wearing the orange jumpsuit is a bad look to yeah. begin with. Um, but that's what he was doing he, when he was, uh, when he was kicked out of the courtroom, he, he sat with his back to the camera, as we can see in this photo in his other room. And the judge repeatedly told him he needs to face the camera. He, didn't fully cooperate when the jury was being given instructions from the judge. Brooks just held up a sign that said objection. Since he was muted, he couldn't speak, but he couldn't vocally object, but he just held up a sign. And then he claimed that one of the jurors has been flipping him off throughout the proceedings. So here are (laughs) some of the highlights. Actually, most of, I think all of this is just from day one, these clips. 8.42 AM, this court ordered Mr. Brooks be removed from the courtroom due to repeated uh, interruptions and disruption. He has shown a complete and utter disrespect for the simple rules of civility. At the moment, he is muted because of the way that he was removed from the courtroom and his conduct since. Intent should not be confused with motive. While proof of intent is necessary to a conviction, proof of motive is not. Go ahead, sir. I noticed that uh, one of the jurors, the lady in the black that's closest to the screen in that corner chair over there, I recognize her from um, 
my initial appearance she flipped me off coming in to my initial appearance and coming out is this some type of way that could be addressed by your honor mr brooks you had an opportunity to exercise preemptory strikes and even to question jurors about that you chose not to so at this point any issue you have with that jurors waived <laughs> he killed a bunch of people he's like flip, flip me off Ooh. the judge did uh instruct her deputies in the courtroom to follow up with that juror and tell that juror not to flip him off anymore i don't know what the uh outcome on that was but it got even crazier later in the week brooks tried to adjourn the proceedings because he said he had covid so insanity didn't work he tried this sovereign citizen defense too where he i guess argues that he's not subject to the laws of wisconsin in this case because he's a sovereign citizen that was rejected he went with the i have corona defense we have to stop the proceedings because i have corona that also didn't work he tested negative but he officially refused to uh, or at least initially refused to share the test results with the judge. The judge had to clear the courtroom and have deputies search his papers to find the test results showing that he's negative. Brooks broke down and started crying afterward because, um, because Brooks is representing himself. Of course, that means he's also doing cross-examination of the prosecution's witnesses himself, which included his own ex-girlfriend. Recall there was some sort of violent domestic dispute between her and Brooks immediately before he went on this. Right. Uh, Didn't he get arrested for it? Parade tour. I, I don't know that there was police intervention Didn't before he, he tried to run her over. Something beat, like beat that. Something like and there that. was a cop who tried to stop him before he actually went uh, and ran his car of peace through the parade. Oh, my God. But I don't know. I don't think the police actually intervened before he he drove through the parade itself successfully, at least. Uh, but he did cross-examine his own ex-girlfriend, uh, among other witnesses from the state. He has some remaining cross-examination to resume tomorrow on Monday. I c- they're having court proceedings on Indigenous Peoples Day. I can't believe that. But apparently, according to this I, story, one, they I'm are. very offended. Racist state of Wisconsin. But that's set to begin tomorrow morning again. Apparently, more cross-examination from, uh, from Darrell Brooks. And of course, he is responsible for making his own defense case, I assume. So he will get to bring his own witnesses, I assume, if he chooses to do that strategically. Not sure what is to come as far as the defense case that he will make. But he does face 76 charges, including six first-degree intentional homicide charges. Wisconsin does not have the death penalty, so we are looking at an almost certain life-in-prison scenario for Darrell Brooks. Uh, I can't imagine that he gets out of this, given the circumstances and the evidence, but uh, we, uh, we will see. Uh, There's also, I mentioned this on Wednesday, but uh, in case you, you are not a Wednesday listener, the developments from the the, uh, set of rust in the Alec Baldwin shooting case are also crazy. Uh, Last week, we talked about how the Santa Fe DA said that charges in this case uh, are imminent, possibly for Alec Baldwin, possibly for some of the uh, other production crew who handled the weapons. There are no updates in the criminal case this week, at least that I've seen, but the civil case brought by Helena Hutchins' husband, Matthew, has now been settled for an undisclosed amount and under undisclosed terms. But in at least I'm surprised by this. Rust is going to resume production in January. And now Matthew Hutchins, who is, of course, the husband, now widower of the, the woman that Alec Baldwin shot, Helena Hutchins, he's going to be an executive producer on rust which i assume means that he just gets some kind of 
movie credit and a good chunk of change from it, which I also assume is probably some term of the settlement. I also take this as something uh, of a bet. And when I say this, I mean the decision to keep producing the movie and carry on as though nothing is wrong. I take that as something of a bet by Alec Baldwin that he isn't going to be facing trial or some other legal complications yeah, at the time yeah. this starts he in January. He must have information, right? Yeah. Does he know or is he just betting that? We're going to have to wait to see the the DA's charging decision. But uh, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe Maybe he knows something. Or maybe he just thinks, I don't care. I don't care if I have to deal with some sort of ongoing legal case while I make this movie. Uh, will If Rust is produced, will you see it? Will you watch it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it has that kind of lore. Like, um, remember that movie, The Crow? No, where... I haven't seen that. Is, is uh, was that another one where Lee? a guy died or something? Yeah, he got shot on set. But th- mm. th- this will have this kind of lore surrounding it. I wonder if they're just continuing production because they were just in the hole. Yeah, I don't know. I feel conflicted on it because just out of sheer interest, I want to see the movie. I also do not want to enrich anybody who was part of making. I guess I have to pirate the movie. I, guess, I don't know. I don't which I shouldn't admit it. to. I would never do that. I will watch it legally if I choose to. But square. There's a long way to go before this movie is ever a real thing. Anyway, we'll see if it gets there. I heard we have some really interesting hoax. Hey, interesting because. It was a multitude of potential racial racial slurs, of which I had no familiarity. None of them. We're going to le- learn some new racial slurs, and I'm going to tease a, a potential new segment. Should we start doing based hate of the week? We'll entertain that in a moment. But first, what I suspect to be the hoax hate of the week. <laughs> Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, in Henrico, Virginia, this is outside of Richmond, the owner of India K. Raja Indian Restaurant says he returned from a catering event last Saturday and found the back of his restaurant spray painted with anti-Indian slurs. Tony Sapal says what was supposed to be an exciting celebration for the restaurant's 27th anniversary turned into a concerning phone call to police. Sad, frustrating, and also like heartbreaking. India K. Raja falls victim to vandalism. Spray painted derogatory words sprawled the back end of his restaurant. Strange, I, I don't, understand why would somebody do it owner tony sapal says he was returning from a catering event saturday night when he came across the writing 27 years we have never felt anything like this would happen to us sapal says the biggest takeaway is for other business owners to learn from his mistakes install security cameras the restaurant's doors are remaining open as they work to remove the pain. This thing is not going to deter us from doing our business and doing what we do. We love what we do. And as for a message for the person behind the spray can. Have faith and love people around you. Okay. Uh, What do you think? Do you think? Okay. What do you think it said? Well, before we get to that mystery, I will note once again, this is the work of very courteous, hateful vandals who uh, decided to hit only the rear of the, the business back by the dumpster. That's one reason I'm a little suspicious, but yes, Mm. there were two separate slurs painted. And in this report, they were both blurred out. And so when we were discussing 
how to uh, research the show this morning. I asked you to find out if what these slurs were. And uh, there was one report, a different report that does show that one of them is clearly dot heads. And I know this <laughs> because of this screenshot, but also in this report, the owner says dot heads. Okay, so that's one. We have two. Okay. This is where it gets weird. The second one. Uh, we can see in this censored image from the report that it is clearly B.I. that starts okay. this slur. I Both of our minds jump to bitch, but these are described as anti-Indian slurs. And of course, bitch is not an anti-Indian slur. Every image I can find of this particular piece of graffiti is censored. So I had to head on over to the racial slur database. I, I need to consult expertise on this to try to figure out what this possibly could be. So I, I look at slurs for Indians and I have confirmed these are the from India sort of Indians, not the uh, indigenous peoples of North America type. Now, B.I. These are our options. Bindi, which refers to a dot, uh, the dot that Hindu women wear on their foreheads. That's possible. Not derogatory. That's not derogatory at all. It's just an Indian thing, I guess. Yeah, there's binder which refers to the turbans that some Indians wear. This is an underrated one. Bipti. And what the hell is Bipti? Bipti is a reference to what it sounds like when an Indian gives you change at 7-Eleven. It sounds like they're saying one dollar, 50 cents. That's Bipti. <laughs> I love it. I think Bipti <laughs> so cute. is an underrated option here. <laughs> I hope that's it. And it's not. If bi- that if that's what it says, then this is a real hoax hate. Wait, maybe. it's a real hate. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and it's not this one's not B.I., but phonetically it is. It, it's close. There's also Bindu, B-H-I-N-D-U. Right. And according to this database, this one means something similar to a hillbilly or a simpleton. The word Bindu, but it spells it just in this right here. It spells it without an H, just an I. So I don't know. The word Bindu is Sanskrit, meaning drop. This is the basis for the word Bindi, which again refers to the dot. Now, notably, Sikh women... Do not wear bindis, at least not generally, uh, my sources say. <sighs> so to entertain the idea that this is real, could this be a case like the one we saw in California a few weeks back with the Sikh guy publicly berating the Hindu guy because he was smelly and barefoot? Maybe the Hindu Dindu strikes again, even though technically the Hindu Dindu was Sikh and he was berating a Hindu guy. I don't know. I, this might be real. To the possibility that it's real, I looked around. I did not see a GoFundMe or any sort of fundraising effort off of this event. So maybe it's and legit. And why did he say that whole thing? We have been here for 27 years. This has never happened. Nothing like this has ever happened. Maybe before. I have defamed a, f- a wonderful Indian family in Henrico, Virginia. And this is 100%. Maybe the Sikh guy from California got him. I don't know. I, this might be real. Police are, pretty funny. Police are searching for the vandal or the vandals. Currently no leads. Uh, and as the owner mentioned, there is no surveillance footage of who done it in this case. You know, those are not your go to racial slurs for Indians. I guess I don't. Well, do you have submissions? I guess a dot head is not one I would think of, but it makes sense when you see it. Well, you, you got your street shitters and your. <laughs> okay. What else do we have? Those are the, the only it's, two that come to mind. You know, we've really uh, we've really tempted susan this evening and i i I'm, I'm just saying that 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 is is what um a misguided young person 
would do if they wanted to commit a hate crime against a poor Indian family. Well, maybe. This is they shouldn't in- be in this country anyway. Oh, I thought we were defending their honor. I thought we were going with the oh, authenticity right. yeah. of this claim. Totally. I do really love Indian food. So like maybe one Indian family per town. <laughs> and they have to have a restaurant. All right. Uh, well, I, I mentioned that maybe we... Um, we consider something of what I would call based hate of the week. Although that's an invitation to the sort of Susan bait that I just uh, cried foul on. So maybe not. Poo in the loos. Thanks live chat. I forgot about that. What the hell is that? What? Poon jobs, poo in the loo. Poon job is not, uh, is not derogatory though. Ah. Snake charmer. That's a cute one. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, okay. This, this next one absolutely could be real as well. I don't bring it up to imply that it's fake. Um, but I bring this up because it fits nicely in a, in a recurring theme of what has come up on the Wednesday call-in show. If you tune in on Wednesdays, you may have heard, I would say, my feelings. I think that you share them, though, so I will say our feelings, but correct me if I'm wrong. Feelings about cyclists. And no, I don't mean the person enjoying an afternoon bike ride on a bike trail at the park. I'm talking about the person who puts on the aerodynamic helmet and the tight shorts and then takes one of those stupid thin tire bike uh, road bikes onto the busiest road with no shoulder in town, trapping every car behind him and then switching between vehicle and pedestrian for traffic purposes on a whim. And the only constant is that you must always yield to this jackass, at least in his worldview. Uh, Those are the sort of people I mean when I say cyclists. Well, someone apparently of a similar perspective uh, has also had enough of cyclists in Palo Alto, California. And if the report is to be believed, maybe he has some sort of racial motive too, but, uh, but um, that's only alleged. The point is uh, this man is bringing cyclists to justice. Palo Alto police say the attack happened last Thursday around 5.30 in the evening when a black cyclist briefly veered into the street near University and Webster to avoid a car that was trying to park. The cyclist told officers that's when a man driving a pickup truck got very angry. Ultimately, the driver in the course of that argument uh, spat on the victim. He actually tried to reach out the window and grab the victim and then he used a racial epithet in referring to him uh, before ultimately using his car car to knock the victim physically off his bike the victim told police the truck Mm. then drove over his bike and took off yeah excellent job was that a real (laughs) cop or was that a homosexual male stripper that was just doing the interview that i believe is the uh, monkeypox liaison for the (laughs) (laughs) police force (laughs) uh if you're uh if you're curious Uh. about the alleged slur Yes, uh, it, it indeed was the N-word, according to uh, the accuser. <laughs> it's an old classic. <laughs> no, notably, this cyclist accuser is remaining anonymous. We don't even know who the supposed victim is. <laughs> All of the information is coming through the police department's monkeypox liaison, not the actual alleged victim. I, I'm not actually uh, convinced this happened as alleged. Uh, I'm glad that one got you. That's good. Uh, we are real... Uh, we're relying on an anonymous witness statement as to the facts in this case, even though this happened in a busy area, not far from the Stanford University <laughs> campus, in fact. But there is apparently no footage of it to share. The man responsible is supposedly a blonde man in his 30s wearing a construction vest and driving a silver Toyota truck. So maybe it's your future son. I don't know. Oh, my God. No picture. I don't know. I feel like even if these things are real, like they, sh- they should all be in this category of get over it. 
Well, just in, get over it. Walk it off. Like, in fairness, he was spit on and had his bike run over. Okay. And, and he and you, was, he literally has to walk it off, right? Well, I guess I guess you're right. But I I wonder who's pushing Dude, this story. That wasn't his bike anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, hold on, hold on. I don't have it ready, but uh, I, I whenever we have uh, uh, a woman earned rim shot, I have to credit it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, how did we? How did I not see that one? That was that was the the joke just hanging out right there. I guess it is weird to me that the guy who's making the accusation is was so severely harmed, but is not actually bringing the accusation to the public. This probably didn't happen. Yeah, maybe it's Palo uh, Alto. You think this happened in fucking Palo Alto? No way. I have my doubts. But uh, anyway. Oh, I forgot we have um, a surprise cringe, too. And I'm going to put it right up on screen because it's not a surprise to either one of or maybe I should. Maybe I just mishandled the bit anyway it might be a surprise to some people in the audience even though you gathered this clip and sent it to me so this was your selection this week uh before i say any more let's just play the clip and then discuss it it's voting season bruh now voting no loving now voting no touch now voting no nothing now voting no fucking no voting no fucking legs in the air i don't care anyone could get it universal health care if you want to come come before the deadline come in the jacuzzi jerry man that is coochie if the coochie is to go go ahead and pause (laughs) period This is racist. <laughs> uh, go on. This is racist. Like the fact that that Michelle Obama thinks that uh, this is going to appeal to black people. Like I find that offensive. Wow, you've really done it, Michael. By the also, way. what are they thinking? Like the black community is not going to be responsive to some like faggy dude slash tranny i don't know what, what was that i don't know the the person uh it, it, that's saucy santana i don't know anything about saucy santana aidsy mcgee over here <laughs> yeah. like the black community is going to look at that and go no prop eight let's prop eight this guy uh, yeah yeah potentially um yeah i just, I just if i were black i'd find this so insulting that like, uh you are motivated to vote uh you're motivated to vote for the outcome of handouts based on the prospect of uh, as they refer to it, coochie from a woman who says that uh, her coochie is universal health care to which all are entitled. Apparently, I can't wait to have uh, well, to what exercise my entitlement about like blue waffle gerrymandering. Is that what she said? There were there were all kinds of references in there that were uh, political innuendos. So, uh, but yeah, this uh, offends me. The the uh, the voting initiative is called When We All Vote, as you noted, started by. Michelle Obama, more accurately known as Michael Robinson, with the big floppy penis. But I don't know if Michael was uh, personally involved in the production of this particular uh, song and video or not. Um, It goes without saying, if this... (laughs) I doubt that it's the case, but if this is the deciding factor for anyone to vote... I was on the fence, I didn't think I was going to vote, but then I saw the Saucy Santana and Trina video. Uh, Don't. If you vote because of this video, just don't. Just stay home. Anyway, uh, anything else you'd like to say about this particular production? No, it's Michelle Obama. God, how much are they operating these things behind the scenes, like guiding the culture behind the scenes? Probably more than we realize. There was, speaking of, there was one other thing I wanted to highlight. This isn't the official post of the uh, video, but I found it on YouTube through 
a channel called Addictive, as in they post ads. Uh, my favorite YouTube comment on this particular post of it, this is the cost of anti-racism. <laughs> You know? <laughs> that's a cost that is too high There's, we, we've had to pay a lot uh, for this uh, ideology it needs to be reined in okay anything else before uh... oh I had the, the lyrics ready to go too but it, the website is down for some reason uh, some of the lyrics if you read them are, are uh, well, they're, they're, they're Susan bait let's put it that way but I guess I can't read them because the website is down anyway anything else before uh, no, before we uh, get to the movie review alright let's hop into that In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 2014 Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt sci-fi thriller Edge of Tomorrow in which interdimensional aliens invade Earth via asteroid, swiftly overtaking Europe and an American Army public affairs officer must save humanity with his mech suit and a mysterious bloodborne ability to restart time and try again until the enemy is defeated. From movie picker Sergey, uh, great action with believable characters, understandable moral dilemmas, powerful aliens, and a happy ending against all odds. As always, your review and your rating. I did want to start this with a with a tangent. Okay, I want to point out. That this bid for Matt to see a bunch of films that that the last few months, especially that we've been on this like modern sci fi thing. This is not how we get Matt to watch the breadth of like the, of, of film history. You know, you know what I'm saying here? You know, I remember a, a long time, like a year ago, didn't we watch Apocalypse Now? There have been some good movies in there, like some good classic films in there. Um, th- So maybe I was thinking I probably shouldn't even pitch this on air, but instead of picking from the IMDb 250. Maybe we should pick from the Criterion Collection. But the these this is not an IMDb selection. This is I audience. I just think it would allow us to maybe get like a more diverse. Okay, that. But there's a lot of said, classic movies on the IMDb. Anyway, this is yeah. This is off air format discussion. Um, the that being said, this was actually I I had a really fun time watching this. This was a fun a fun watch. Um generally don't have any major complaints outside of uh i think it was kind of derivative of starship troopers mm. although it wasn't as funny but there were some of the same concepts like um like the alien force kind of having that central uh like the alpha thing that was kind of a starship troopers thing right i certainly see some influences from other works some of which predated this and some of which actually post dated this so maybe this influenced some other things, but I'll save that for my commentary. Um, I did appreciate that they made the female lead. At first I was like, oh no, this is going to be like this heroic woman soldier thing. Um, but I was able to overlook it because she was totally dependent on Tom Cruise's character. Uh, and she was like kind of a vulnerable woman in the end. And because there was this egalitarian army, which I was able to overlook in Starship Troopers because they had all those, um, like all the weapon help what is the, what were they what did they call those suits i can't remember oh i can't remember but yeah um so i was able to get over this some of this uh egalitarian nonsense because of that all in all i just had like a, a really fun time watching it kind of a guilty pleasure i gave it a four out of five but it's probably like a 3.5 out of five round up that's the nature of not having half points half wikis 
It was I am, good, not great. I am actually a little bit surprised. I thought you'd be maybe a little more critical of the full metal bitch. Not that I am uh, planning to go that route. But, but she had to get bailed out by Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because she fucked up and didn't didn't kill herself. Is that what happened? Like she got saved by some field doctor and she's like, no, I need to. I need <laughs> yeah. to die. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I uh, I have a similar perspective on this movie. I, I called it a Groundhog Day Stranger Things mashup because that's that basically accurate, yeah. what it is to me. Although there are influences from other movies. I think Starship Troopers is a is a great comparison as well. Um the, be- the thing I actually liked about this movie the most, and normally if I give a movie a decent score, I'm going to have multiple points of appreciation. In this case, I really had one. You could argue that it's two in one, but this movie shines in its battle scenes. I thought that the, the action scenes were, were really well done, um, not just because they were yeah. in this futuristic setting that requires a lot of effects, some of which are practical, some of which are digital, and it all came off mostly believable. Some of the digital effects on the mimics were a little dicey, but... For the most part, it was all very believable and the combat felt chaotic and tense and uh, it, it just it felt like a believable presentation. And what I appreciated about the combat, too, especially the first drop, uh, when they drop in, they, they they do these airborne drops and it's total <laughs> chaos for Tom out, Cruise. Yeah. He has no idea what he's doing. He's not combat prepared. And he's just kind of um, stumbling around the battlefield, somehow surviving a lot longer than other guys who some of whom we know are better trained uh, are better soldiers than he is. Some, some of the people are just random, but I thought it was a great depiction of how there's really no sense or justice to that sort of battlefield situation, whether it's in the future and you have mech suits or whether it's in, you know, the forties and you're talking about a European beach. Right. Um, It, it's, uh, it's understandable that a lot of combat veterans have difficulty with survivor's guilt for exactly this reason that, Luck of the draw. It, it might be the the dumbest. The unit's dunce might survive the entire duration of the battle, and the fittest, smartest soldier might be the first one gunned down. And there's no sense or reason to it. It just mm-hmm. that is the way that it played out. And uh, I thought that this was a pretty good depiction of that sort of theme, even if it was, I suppose you could say, sort of silly futuristic concepts. It still had that gritty, violent, tough feel to it, and I just appreciated that presentation. So, yeah. That is what I liked, and, and I liked that enough to give this decently high marks. Now, I'm going to have a lot more points of criticism, but that doesn't mean that I hated this movie necessarily. Uh, criticism, point, point one, this movie's motto or subtitle is live, die, repeat. Yeah, accurate. Okay. The, I get that there's supposed to be something interesting about this concept of repeating time or repeating the same day like Groundhog Day. And I'm not even saying that this movie executed that format poorly. In fact, I think it did that format kind of well whenever you do this repeating time concept you're going to end up inherently with repetitive scenes and there were several points throughout this movie where i'm eagerly hoping for the plot to advance thinking yeah i already saw this i know he says this they say that move on and this movie did an okay job of inserting new jokes or inserting new developments in those situations where it's not total repetition but i'm just not a fan of this format because of the inherent repetition that it creates okay um so the format itself, not a huge fan of. I don't, and I don't mean to pick a fight with uh, movie picker Sergey, uh, because I think it was a perfectly fine movie. But I think he's Sergei. he's seeing something here that I don't, because I actually don't see any moral or philosophical dilemma at all. I didn't see uh, moral principles that were challenged. I didn't see a right or wrong dilemma that Cage, Tom Cruise's character, had to had to face in his journey through time. Um, 
at least well, in he, gr- he had to decide if her love, if his love for her uh, was more important than saving the human race. That's pretty much it. It's just this lukewarm romance between them. But in the end, it, it appears that he gets both. He gets to save the world and preserve, if not their relationship, preserve her. That's how the movie yeah. closes. So I don't find satisfaction there either because there wasn't really a sacrifice in pursuit of something bigger. But they so, took the risk expecting to have to have that sacrifice. It was a total shock that she didn't die. I guess. But but to me, there was just it lacked that sort of morally, ethically, philosophically questionable decision making that gets me thinking about this sort of movie uh, for hours or days afterward. The romance I, I wrote in the review, I haven't cared so little about a supposedly compelling romance since Last of the Mohicans. I did not. Oh, my God. The, the, the romance here, not only did I find uh, everybody else, at least in reviews that I've read, seems to think that they actually that Cruz and Blunt had some kind of natural chemistry. I didn't well, really think Cruise so. Is, but he, uh, he's an asexual fella. It's the other thing fault. is Blunt's character, Rita, was deliberately stonewalling throughout. The whole point was her her character sticking to the mission as a soldier and refusing to indulge in any of those personal issues, uh, personal uh, urges rather. So when they finally do kiss, which by the way, was totally unscripted. Apparently Emily Blunt improved that, that kiss really? to the shock yeah. of Tom Cruise and the producers. Yeah. And they kept it in, but that felt just forced and obligatory to me. I did not feel any sort of investment in that. It just seemed out of place. I liked it. He had done so much for her. Well, let me see if uh, my criticism of the ending sticks with you, because I thought the ending made absolutely no sense. So let me get this straight. Uh, Cage kills the Omega, and then he returns back to an altered D-Day timeline in which the Omega is now unexpectedly dead. But this is actually roughly 18 hours before he actually killed it. How? When did it die? Uh, If he killed it the day after everyone is celebrating its death, how did he kill it? When did it die? And then why is Rita still in the same training facility after the war is now over? She's still doing her yoga pose training instead of celebrating the war's end with everybody else. Why is she still in the same timeline, even though the nature of that point in time has been fundamentally altered? And then I also didn't understand every time Cage resets earlier, he resets to awakening from a nap at Heathrow Airport. And then uh, he loses his ability, apparently this is the explanation because when he resets the final time, he resets on a helicopter. It's not at the same reset point. The explanation I've read is that of course he lost the ability to reset with the blood transfusion and then regained it when he killed the Omega by absorbing its blood in the water. And so he got a new reset point. But my problem with that logic is why would a reset point established later in time result or a, 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 the infusion of the ability later in time with the blood results in a reset point that is actually earlier in time before he ever even gets to Heathrow airport. There's just no apparent logic to that. I am not satisfied by the descriptions or the explanations I've seen for why that's the case. Right. And then the whole, um, I, I hated that this was like some blood transferred consciousness thing. Yeah. I wish they would have made it that the military made it so that they had to relive the same day so mm. that they would be stronger in battle. Or this was some like government design thing, like to create the perfect soldier. Yeah, I suppose they could have gone with a different route instead of mysterious alien blood transfusion. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I'm I'm right about there with you. Where to me, this was uh, a perfectly fine way to crush a bowl of popcorn, but not much for me to think about later. So I give it a respectable three wikis. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Okay.
Yay! I'll allow it. As far as the uh, audience reception, the early vote, uh, people are right there in the four and three range. Not a lot of hate for it. So uh, next week, you will be potentially relieved to know Brokeback Mountain was again narrowly defeated in the polling from last week. And so next up is The Truman Show, which I have seen way back when. And even though I can't stand Jim Carrey, the guy. I am historically a fan of Jim Carrey movies, both the the comedic and the serious ones. So perhaps I'll like it. I don't know. Mm. Okay. I seem to remember having a negative opinion of this movie in my mind, but I hardly remember the movie at all. I remember it. I, Truman Show. Okay. We're getting a lot of like weird. Um, well, I guess this isn't a memory one, is it? No, this is the one where he, his whole life is a TV show, basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. The memory one uh, is uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, a movie I'm a, I, That's I right. enjoy okay. a lot. That was actually on my personal list. Okay. But uh, after that, it's the last week of eligibility for the selections of listener Sergey. Uh, this, uh, this is the last opportunity, and I don't mean to influence the vote with any sort of urgency, but the nominees remain... Brokeback Mountain, Weekend at Bernie's, Oblivion, Mulholland Drive, John Q. uh, Or, of course, you can vote to reject the list in favor of a top rated movie instead. And I will note, uh, you may look at the calendar and think, well, what's the deal with uh, this being the last week of eligibility? We have five Sundays in October, which means there is a there will be a special list to vote on next weekend for the final Sunday in October, which, of course, will be the Halloween show. And actually, that's another thing that we need to talk about. We're up against the clock for getting our costume supplies, so we will have to make our selection oh, that's right. very soon. Uh, all right. Uh, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That, of course, is com. And that'll do it. We'll uh, close out with the chat. We did it. I talked about Kanye West without getting canceled. <laughs> the f- and we the did night it. is young. Yeah. No, I think we're good to go now. We actually right? made pretty good time. Uh, I was worried since so much happened this week. I thought, man, we're going to be pushing a three-hour show, but I think we're actually pretty safe. Who was the last one? Oh, Robin God. D. Banks? I should have marked it. Robin D. Banks. Understand that if DOJ charges Hunty going down in his hometown which is like d plus 30 just like stussman even if there's written proof he won't be indicted because dems are corrupt absolutely yes they clearly have thought this through yeah i suppose that's uh i hadn't even considered the possibility that it actually goes to a jury but if that's the case there's a there's added safety there too fair point yeah 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 Andrew Swan, hi, Mountain Blonde. I've been a listener since the beginning, the beginning, mm. and about to make a break with social media. Before I go, I wanted to thank both of you for being an ever-present influence in my political thinking and reassurance that I'm not going crazy. You know what, Andrew Swan? You are doing the right thing. Watching this show, it's bad for people's mental health. <laughs> it really well, is. thank you for, if you do choose to take a break, thank you for uh, the parting words and for your kindness and for your support for the show. Very much appreciated. We love you. Robin D. Banks. You're very special. You're very special. Um, I think Roger's talking about fugging around and finding out per the search for knowledge rather than causing trouble and paying the consequences. I fug around all the time and I find out a lot. 
<laughs> it depends on the degree to which you fuck around, though. Mm, yeah. Not all fucking around is created equal. That's true. Uh, Injured Guardian, can we end the war on drugs now, please? Drugs went a long time ago. Sincerely, a chronic pain patient with a passionate hatred of red tape, hassle, and weed. Um, I know. I know. Uh, drug addicts should not be criminally penalized in the way that we are penalizing them. However, in um, cities where they have decriminalized drug use, they also have a huge uptick of crime and other problems like yeah. needles everywhere. So I don't really know what to do here. As we've talked about, I've, I've, I find it to be a difficult uh, issue to navigate from uh, my principles perspective. Because fundamentally, if you aren't victimizing others, I don't think it's a matter of law. That's not to say it's moral behavior to inject yourself full of drugs. But I think that the law and the government are organized around the principle of ensuring our rights are protected from each other, not ensuring mm -hmm. that your rights are protected from you. Right. The law in general should respect your right to be immoral to yourself, even though I'm not encouraging that sort of behavior. So fundamentally, if you want to ruin your life with drugs, I don't know that the law should stop you from doing that. I think that there should be other social safety nets in place uh, to take care of that. Uh, but there's no denying to your point that if you remove these, at least the the consumption of it, and we could talk about distribution, production, all of that, but just the consumption of it, as we've loosened laws on that, it has had negative effects that do have external effect on other people. I, I can't sit here and deny that and say, well, as we've uh, become more relaxed about drug consumption, there are no consequences that affect other people at all. There clearly are. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, the the only thing I can say is I don't think that this is a federal matter at all, which uh, is a principle I would apply to pretty much everything that is not explicitly delegated to the federal government under the Constitution. This is one of those things. And I think that um, that we should uh, that, that the states should compete with with uh, their own policies on this. and We should evaluate what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Phil. Okay. Uh, in addition to the Daryl Brooks trial, there is a trial in Texas for an invader from Nigeria named Billy. Do you know how to say this? Chamir Mir. That's what he spent I'm going multiple with. years preying on and killing 20 plus elderly women. Most, if not all of his victims were white. Extra GDP isn't worth this. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I don't know anything about the case, but I will Google it while you proceed. And uh, if you tire of reading, just let me know. Megan Davis, my man and I are thrilled to have power back to watch you guys. We're safe in Florida and doing well. Hey, Blonde, day 282 for the Bible podcast with Father Mike. Check out The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. God bless. Love you. We love you too, Megan. Sorry about all those things I said about um, people in the hurricane. That was. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Uh, all the best to you and your family. And uh, hey, listen, while we're dumping on our audience, I got to say to Phil, uh, you are incorrect about this man, this Chamir Mir. You are fake news. He is Kenyan, not Nigerian. Mm. Well, then it's especially not worth it because Kenyans aren't adding to our GDP. So it's not worth it for the uh, long distance running times. It's not worth it I for the really um, care about long distance for the record times, marathon. Uh, <laughs> the record uh, marathon time. Anyway, injured guardian. Um, are y'all not offering a deal with charity swipes any longer? I was thinking about changing processes for my business, but I just checked your website and they aren't there. I, uh, speaking candidly, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, as a as a formal matter, no. However, there's no 
let me put it this way. I don't I don't want to um, say anything that I, that I would be out of bounds in saying. I don't have there's no bad blood with uh, or any kind of uh, problem with charity swipes. So if you inquire with them, they may be willing to honor the offer that they previously had. I, w- I would go ahead and send charity swipes an email mentioned that you found them from the show and perhaps they'd be uh, willing to help you out. Uh, I just know that as a, uh, a formal matter, we don't have a promotional deal anymore. Um, but that's not for any sort of like hostile relationship or anything like that. I'm unaware of this, so it can't be that important. Uh, Long John John, you haven't effed around enough. You haven't got a $2,500 fine from PayPal for spreading misinformation. Ain't that the truth? I had my hopes that that if not for a hit, if I couldn't get a hit piece, at least I could get, you know, a few thousand dollars stolen from me by PayPal. That would be yeah, really. a badge of honor. Amber Herring says, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you too, Amber. Robin Thank D. Banks, you, Matt and I once made ravioli. Roger told me to fug around and find out. So I decided to fug around and Matt and find out. Uh, oh, that's like a Pringles can with veins. It's like two Pepsi cans stacked together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You want to take over some of these? I should have. Yeah, where did you stopped. leave off? Sorry. Pedo Joe is next. Pedo Joe. Oh, wait, did we get searching for adventure? Did I miss someone? No. Well, maybe my list is like differently ordered than yours. Searching for adventure says uh, my wife had a nightmare that the uh, USG announced an imminent nuclear war offered assisted suicide and millions lined up in the dream. I told her those people are idiots. Let them die. Is this based or too close to reality? Did you read this one or did I, did I miss it? No, no, I didn't read it. Um, man, talk about uh, fiction that is only an inch away from reality could i envision a situation in which fauci or any other government official told you you straight up have to kill yourself for the greater good would people do it yes in in greater numbers than we would ever believe yes i'm not saying half that is dark i'm not saying 25 percent, but i'm saying the the number is absolutely not zero it's not zero and uh, 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 to, to, to is that based um I would never celebrate the unjustified death of anybody, whether they're my political enemy or not. But at some level, if you have zero inclination to your own self-preservation, yeah, that's on you. I mean, at this point, it's like it's not even a physical attack. If someone murders you, that is a horrendous injustice, obviously. If someone just tells you to kill yourself and you do. Yeah. Well, I suppose I was going to say that's mostly on you. However, recall that high profile case of that girlfriend in what what state was that? She encouraged her boyfriend to kill himself and he did. And she was prosecuted and held responsible for right uh, yeah. for that encouragement, even though he had a previous suicide attempt and she had a previous suicide hmm. attempt. Yeah, she got uh, I forget the name, but she she was convicted uh, and I forget yeah. the sentence. Uh, Pedo Joe. Two words. We must secure the existence of our people in a future for the, uh, for, uh, you know, the thing. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Heil, you know, on, the man. thing, right? Issue. Uh, thank you for the sanity safe space. Really needed it today. This weekend has been kind of uh, off kilter for me with the unexpected death of my father. Cherish oh, the time sorry. you have with your loved ones. Well, uh, all the best to you and, uh, your family. I'm very, uh, very sorry to hear it. Uh, so, uh, Thank you uh, for your support for the show. You're very special. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a point, it's a point taken. Um, it's always true. The the people that you think that people, you you think their presence is just a a granted, a a point that's granted in your, in your life. That's not the case. They can disappear on a moment's notice. And, um, 
And we all learn that lesson the hard way one day. If you haven't learned that lesson the hard day yet, uh, the hard way yet, you will. And uh, I just always try to be wary of the fights I pick and the grudges I hold. Not that you shouldn't argue with your friends and family when there are important matters of principle at stake, but um, something to be said for resolving conflict with uh, you know something amicable at the end, even if you can't reach a point of agreement. And I don't mean That's to say true. like. Even in my life, it's not uh, it's not like I feel like I uh, the losses I've had have been on bad terms. It's just when you go through the process of losing someone extremely unexpectedly like that, you realize like. I hope the terms when they left were as good as they possibly could be, because you never you never get the benefit of knowing uh, not never. Sometimes people have a terminal illness and you know, there's something slower, but in a lot of cases, someone just disappears from your life and uh, be prepared for that. Do you have anything to add? You look, no, you look I mean, destroyed. No, it's just like when somebody dies, you always think, what would I do to just have a few minutes back? Oh, of course. With that person. And then I think about like time that I waste worrying about whatever the fuck around Emmeline or like watching TV or, you know, otherwise spending my time idly. And I'm like, if I lost her, I would just, I would just pay a million dollars just to have five minutes yeah. just sitting on the couch with and her that, or something. That transition from son to father, I was um, speaking with another listener who recently lost his dad and he, he said to me, uh, you know, it's, there's just something inherently painful about knowing that he's not there anymore. And, and doesn't matter that he lived a long life. Uh, and it, it's not like I was calling him every weekend for advice. Like I needed him to help me with every little thing. It's just, if I needed that, he was always there and now yeah. he's not. And for all of us, that day will come where we transition from daughters to mothers and from sons to fathers. And uh, we don't necessarily have that older relative to go to. Instead, we are the older relative. And that's, no, that's, that's a true. part of life. That's so, why I call my mom every day. That's good. And she gives you all your based takes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really does. Yeah. Are you even reading the Stormer? You don't know what's going on in the world. <laughs> Jacob says, I am not going to be... Jigabooly? <laughs> what the f- Okay. We're gonna, the N-word. We're going to have to move on to that one when Susan finally deletes the clip for good. Carrie yeah, Green right. says, gonna uh, got perma-banned from Twitter again, or twatter rather. Good lord. And stuck at work for a few more hours. I hope it is a good show. Well, uh, again, thank you for supporting the show, and hey, congratulations. I am not going to be niggardly. Banned from Twitter? Uh, well earned, I hope. Robin D. Banks says, Blonde and I once made hate. We were just following the Google directions to get somewhere, and it made us plow through a parade of Christmas worshippers. Offing around eight, or oofing. It says oofing here, but I think she means offing. We're sorry, we didn't mean it. Well, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think you would get such a benefit in that scenario. You'd be a right-wing extremist, Robin. That's true. So, Hillbilly Deluxe says, already canceled PayPal over the new terms, never going back. Also off from work this birthday week to finally start hunting after two years of practicing. We'll provide updates. Well, congratulations. That's great. Um, I hope it's a great experience and um, I hope your hunting luck is better than my first outing. But uh, I, I say that sort of jokingly. There are things to learn and and I hope that it's uh, an eventful learning experience for you. In fact, I hope it's more than that. I hope it is. Uh, I hope you put food on the table. Good luck. And as far as PayPal, it's like, yeah, on principle, I want to bail on them right now. And this, the, the trouble Practically, is, it makes it difficult. Though. I know. Well, it's like between YouTube and PayPal and all of these gatekeepers, um, I also have, uh, I, I have to protect 
my livelihood. I have a family to protect as well. And so it sucks. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I understand the principle at issue here. I, I don't really know what to do about it because as far as payment processors, we're really in a bind. It's like we are in a bind. Yeah. There, there's, if, if there was any alternative, if I had a, an ability to switch everything over to somebody who was more committed to not this more committed to not policing my opinions and not threatening to steal my money, I'll do it in an instant. But it's like almost almost everything in the online world of financial exchange that 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 this inherently deals in PayPal, if not being the exclusive intermediary, is the major one in almost every scenario. So I don't know. It sucks. I, I, I also want no part of number one, helping that company earn money. But number two, allowing that company to threaten my family and livelihood with the theft of our resources, which is what I know, which is what they did at least momentarily. I don't know. I look at PayPal a lot of the same way. I look at Susan where it's like, I hate you, but we're kind of, <laughs> I know you hate me, but here we are. I know. What am I supposed you to do? Abusive bitch. Yeah. yeah. Jacob says seeing George Takai's Twitter post makes me appreciate FTR just a little. <laughs> is George Takai Japanese? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Injured guardian taxation is extortion. If you doubt that, then stop paying and see what happens. I am still mad about the aforementioned gross profit tax rate. Yeah, it's uh, if you that's a great way to fuck around and find out per Rogers advice. Uh, Just stop paying taxes and find out that's fucking around at a level 10. I guarantee you that chimp in a bow tie says when Bobert mocked Biden asking why he still hasn't mobilized uh, true international whatever it was. The left mocked her for her brain fart or accused her of bullying a stutterer. They are joyless <laughs> dopes. I forgot about that. God, man. Thank Knuckle you. Hunky bug. Yeah. Just close my PayPal account. It took me less than a minute. Log in, click the settings icon, scroll down to close my account and then click the button to verify. Is that misinformation? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, congratulations on protecting your resources. Thank uh, you. Robin D. Banks. Uh, Matt and I once made, no, we didn't. It's all a joke, Mrs. Christensen. We did no such thing. It's just a joke for the show. Matt is sterling. You have no reason to doubt his loyalty. Just saying. She's, uh, uh, after this many people, doesn't she, isn't she worried that you're having some kind of homosexual <laughs> soirees? Uh, she's pretty desensitized to it. In fact, uh, That's true. Yeah, she probably joins in on some of the uh, gay jokes here and there. <laughs> Chimp in a bow tie. Did you read this one? No. Oh, Barnes has it that Hunter uh, charge is a deep state shot across Biden's bow to ensure he doesn't run again. There was never any real need for the Hunter situation to ever be addressed officially. That might be true. Why Maybe. would they turn on Biden, though? Isn't Biden their guy because he's just the stand in too puppet? demented to control now? Maybe. Maybe he's finally gone past their expectations. Robin D. Banks, having said that, Matt and I only once made love. His labor force decreased by 57,000, so I had to get on top. He didn't claim joblessness, though, but I still did all the work. Higher labor participation Ew. <laughs> That's so much grosser than the gay one. Thank that you. One I guess what one. I just have to say to you is I No, Robin gay? is a Robin's a chick. And still gay, we've established. Uh, the the penis be penis chick. Um <laughs> I saw so many trannies this weekend. I forgot to tell you. Oh yeah, you took a trip uh to Oregon. I was in I was in Oregon. But I this was, was in, in Portland. Was this was like No, I was in Hood River. It's an hour outside. Oh, of I know. Portland. Yeah, I know Hood River. Cool spot. And it's a cute little yeah. town. 
I saw so many trannies mm. and a bunch of them had kids and then they weren't, I didn't see any post-op trannies. I just saw like dudes with families like, like wearing lipstick and like earrings. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> Did you stop to low ask? low effort trannies. Did you ask any? Did you inquire? No. I mean, oh God, I just don't understand like, like towns like Ashland and Hood River and like all these places. It's like artisanal coffee and yeah. nice bike shops and delicious food and everything is clean and everyone is white. But then every sign is like, we reject hate. All are welcome here. It's like, you mean the 95% white people and like four trannies in this town? <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's these leftists never got on their high horse about this tranny kid thing, we could all have like awesome coffee shops and restaurants and everybody could just shut the fuck up and we could live amongst each other, right? Well... It's, uh, as I've said before, I take my parents as a good bellwether for the politics of the average American because they're not inherently political, but they have good common sense. Yeah. As my dad said to me, like, you know, I, I get, I get all these things. I get, uh, I get the gay thing. I get like people, I, I understand people's dislike of racism or whatever, but the tranny thing that, that that's just too far. The I tranny know. thing is just it's the it, line. Yeah. That's it. And now I'm we done. we have to be like, oh, Rick Santorum, I guess, who we thought was insane, yeah. ended up being right about everything. Rick it's like, Santorum is the hero we never knew we needed. They just pushed it. They just pushed it too far. They just pushed it too far. <laughs> God, um, Michael Anderson. The Phillips curve only applies when inflation is driven by excessive demand. We have fiscal policy driven inflation. Raising interest rates is unlikely to be effective at controlling it. That's interesting. And if it is, the interest, the the tiny little interest rate increases that they're doing. I'm no economic expert, but I don't see any sort of inflation relief coming from that. So they keep insisting, or if we just do a little bit of interest rate increase, we're going to have a soft landing and not a crash. No, you're going to get the worst of all situations, which is economic decline or stagnation at worst, plus inflation. You're going to get oh, all yeah. they're, they're They're trying to relieve both. We're going to get, we're not going to get relief of both. We're going to get both and it's going to be the worst of everything. That appears to be the trajectory. That is exactly what's going to happen. Preston Oxenhurt says, last super chat for a while, but someone said this the other day. If the military was proven to be responsible for the pipeline sabotage, Biden should be impeached. I was curious if you had, if you had an opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the impeachable offenses for any given president are innumerable. I mean, well, and the reality, uh, the, the truth about that is it's somewhat subjective too. Uh, there's like anything really can be an impeachable offense as long as Congress is persuaded. That's true. Um, but I think that it's even, I'm, I'm even hearing these, these, uh, constitutional conservative commentators be like, oh yeah, we did this. Like I heard like Jesse Kelly and like Dan Bongino talk about that. Hmm. I was like, what the fuck is going on? You guys are admitting this? Who is that professor who was talking about maybe the U.S. lab developed Corona? He also had some commentary on this that that sort of stunned the hosts in which he insisted that the U.S. is responsible. And they asked for his evidence and he talked about something that I was not aware of last Sunday's stream. Apparently, there were U.S. military helicopters in the vicinity at the time. This is what he was citing. But what uh, overseeing it? I have no idea. And I don't know the timeline. So don't quote me that that's like. Uh, you know, rock solid evidence, but there was some sort of U.S. military traffic at the approximate time of the explosions. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some more that that's beyond just theory. At that point, there's a tangible presence that has to be explained, and we've not been explained that. If if we actually sabotaged European infrastructure as a a 
quasi act of war, if not an act of war outright without congressional authorization. Yeah, that is 100% impeachable. Yeah. I, I, I would say that as a matter of principle, if the president commits acts of war without congressional authorization, that is unconstitutional period. You betray the constitution. You're out. That's the kind treatment. The actual oh. treatment that is earned is uh, the big bird costume. That's what you get for that. Okay. It's gotta be worse than that. Uh, his punishment. Yeah. Big bird plus pillory. Just, Tomato up the feathers and we'll call it. Now that I know that the Big Bird costume doesn't do anything, you get like some mild skin blister. You know, people used to face a wall for stuff like this. Calm down. uh, That that's uh, uh, Greta. That's Greta talk. Remember when she got in trouble for that? We just need like eighty percent more Pinochet style government. That's how dare you. Well, the helicopters are being put to the wrong purpose. They're apparently blowing up pipelines in uh, northern Europe rather than dealing with the commies. How many communists can you load into a helicopter and push them out? I mean, you'd only have to have that weight limit for like a little bit. <laughs> Half the ride tops, right? It's, this sounds like a great hypothetical movie sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Jonathan Prezius. He said Hitler was voted for on Wednesday's show. That is wrong. And Infant lost the leader Germany. What did, what did he mean there? Uh, an Infant lost... I don't know. Maybe that was a, a, a typo. It says a, that is wrong. An infant lost the leader, Germany and infant as though it's supposed to be a name or something. Sorry, man. I just I'm not I, I don't know. He was always an unelected politician. He's making the point that Hitler was not legitimately elected. I gather if this is indeed sincere, but sometimes it's hard to tell what's a joke and what's not in the chat. I know. I think I, feel, I think there was a punchline that we missed here. I'm not sorry if about- I, I missed it, Jonathan. Matt and I once made love with Robin D. Banks. Afterwards, Matt sobbed in shame and begged us not to tell his wife and kept saying, I feel like such a strumpet. It was really kind of pathetic. Strumpet is an adorable old-timey word for sluts. I like it. I've never heard of this. Strumpet. Strumpet. A woman who has many casual sexual encounters or relationships. those strumpets. Yeah. Um, Robin D. Banks. Guys, Brokeback Mountain is leading the poll for the movie reviews. Matt, make blonde watch non-straight cowboys vote Brokeback Mountain on Matt's site. Let's do it for the LGBTQ representation. You go to hell. I am not trying to influence this. In fact, if I'm being honest, I actually, even though the bit will be funny, I would not be excited to watch Brokeback Mountain for a second time. I saw it when it came out 16 years ago now. Uh, You want to read some of these? But if, if that is what the audience wills, then that is what we will watch. Citizen 7 uh says the biden family might well go down as the most corrupt political family in american history uh well yeah it's uh it would have that appearance but um this is not to defend the bidens it it, these days when we have all this digital communication and all this record of things like on hunter's laptop it's it's all very apparent and we can point exactly to it i i wonder this is not to say it's fine if everyone does it. I just wonder how much corruption in the past was more easily covered up. Are they, are the Bidens um, historically corrupt or are they just? Uh, no, is, I think it's, it's better documented. I mean, hmm. the sooner the people realize that most politicians are, are deeply corrupt and nepotistic, I think the better off we'll be. It's a, it's a, a the more power concentrates in DC, the more you will get that effect. And that's not to justify the individual corrupt people. They're all scumbags. Uh, don't get me wrong. But when there is a power lever centralized in that way, it, it will uh, 
it will attract the sort of people who would love to have a piece of that power. And a lot of them have a lot of money or other means to get to that power. Let's see. Uh, I refreshed. So where did I leave off? Oh, okay. Um, Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made yeah. love with Knuckle Huggy Buck. Did I read this? <laughs> that, that's it. That's the joke. Wow. Just like our bipolar political system, the only time both sides hold hands is when they're Eiffel towering us in every whole <laughs> My parents watch this. Uh, I, I'm ashamed to admit I know what that means, but I guess the in every hole is a good context clue. Citizen Seven, I you just read that um, knuckle hunky buck. When Matt and I made love with Robin D. Banks, we didn't Eiffel Tower her; we Statue of Liberty her like proper patriots. Okay, you guys are are actually responding to each other in super chats now. We're gonna have a. It's awesome. They keep going. Uh, we made a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. Well, thank you for supporting the show. (laughs) I totally called it that my African-American Elon Musk would be going through the Twitter person. It's not to brag or anything. It's a bummer that he has to pay full price, but I'm sure he'll be okay with it. I don't think he's going to have to pay full price. And even if he does, uh, it it does appear to me that he's interested in this for reasons beyond uh, some sort of investment, like making money long term, that he's in it for something else. If like I said, I'm trying to withhold my loyalty, but when he does speak about the principle of free speech, I have to, I mean, he does do it convincingly as far as I'm concerned. He has to back yeah. that up with action, but I could believe that he has something in mind beyond just his personal money-making here. Um, and yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I'm sure you did say that a wicked mass hole. Cause I've, I've had skepticism. This was ever going to work out the whole time, but here we are. And it appears that it's going to go through. Yeah. We're not there I've yet, underestimated but him. it looks more likely than it has since it was announced Will back in the spring. Today's? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Holden Mulray says, hi, truth seekers. If we do have a nuclear war, just remember it's a nuclear war of the unvaccinated. Do we even care to speculate how many, how the news may differ if orange man was president, all else, uh, equal? Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that we'd be dealing. I don't think that we would have conflict in exactly the same way. I think it's fair to I think it's fair to wonder if the invasion of Ukraine ever would have happened in the way that it did if if Trump was president. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Um but <laughs> I saw some speculation too speaking of a nuclear war of the unvaccinated uh based on that report of them buying up anti-radiation drugs. How long until you have to show your vaccine card to get the anti-radiation <laughs> drugs? Is that how that's they get That's really us? meta. Yeah, that's that's how it's going to happen. Robin D. Banks, uh, again, responding to uh, another chatter. Daniel Kunkel uh, and I once uh, made BBQ. He crept up behind. This is the same chatter. It's just a different name for Knuckle Hunky Buck, right? Or are they different guys? Anyway, she and Daniel Kunkel once made BBQ. He crept behind. This is from her perspective. He crept behind me saying, you have many things to learn, Robin D., about the art of surprise, a thousand years of pain. And I said, ugh, harder daddy. He said, what? What, what, no, what, this what is, is what is happening? This this is getting this is getting Too strange weird. at this point. Eric Burns Marsh says, we're, "Thank you guys." By the way, regarding uh, the Vegas stabbings, has Molly Tibbetts' father been reached <laughs> for comment? Jeez, leave uh, Molly Stan alone. No, jeez. Knuckle Hunky Buck also says, "Robin D. Banks and I once made love." She kept calling me Daniel Kunkel, so it must be. I'm not sure if that's because our names are simpler, but she did have BBQ sauce on her hands. So th- now this is a, there are multiple people involved. Daniel Kunkel is different from Knuckle Hunky Buck or not? Okay. Yeah. I guess we don't know. Knuckle Hunky Buck also says, I'll see Rust in theaters. I've heard it's supposed to have really good practical effects. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, he also says the Indian restaurant has one sign, one sign that says, please wait to be seated in the lobby. And another one that says, please be seated in the, in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> All right. It took me a second, but I, I get you now. Slosher says, I enjoyed learning about Bipti tonight. The more, you know, yeah. I, I learned about Bipti tonight, too, so I'm glad we all shared that lesson. Glowy McFedface. Hey, um, uh, hi, Matt. I just found out that I'm going to be in Montana for work. Maybe we can get together and bring up that. Uh... <laughs> he, he says he can. Uh, if I bring my Mossberg and a hacksaw, we'll have a great time. Oh, that sounds. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm sure you have a lot of expertise on on how to modify fed, fed, shotguns fed, 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 in fed. just the right way. Thank you. I'd be I'd be happy to hear about it when you come through town. Phil says, why are we still wasting our time pretending that everyone can act like nice white uh, people? Some groups can't and we shouldn't have to share space with them. (laughs) This is Phil, Susan. A few basketball games and tacos aren't worth committing national suicide. Well, you haven't had good tacos, Phil. And you also have not seen the best tacos in Hood River. And you know who made them? white lesbians i didn't uh, wasn't that a cultural appropriation controversy yes a few years ago the best tacos i've ever had in my life white lesbians phil also he must have sent this earlier in the show because as soon as he sees steve ho you fat phil's going to be the first guy to buy a steve ho you fat jersey he will see the value (laughs) that the nba is bringing yeah and say nothing of the wnba also a high value (laughs) organization incompetent hands the vaccines are free and fair the elections are safe and effective. The climate change can just as much. The climate can change just as much as your sex can change. Abortions are the single greatest threat to your diverse democracy. Hey, PayPal, I've got two words for you. Come at me. Uh, that's, a, Come that's, at me. that's close enough. Yeah. That Falling. was four days ago, five days ago. Injured guardian. Susan keeps rejecting this super chat. So he must edit. He says the BI may have been the following a BBY. That's an old British term referring to Indian harlots. It looked longer than that, though. That is so specific. BBY. Okay. Jeff I says derog- interpret that as a racial slur. Jeff says a derogatory term for cyclists is bumblebees, based on the fact that when they first defended upon society their spandex supersuits, they were invariably yellow and black. Is that true? They they always had yellow and black spandex. I've never is he heard. Talking that. about Asian and black people. No, he's just saying cyclists. As oh. far as I can tell, just cyclists in general are bumblebees. Uh-huh. Or yeah, maybe to your point, maybe Steve thing. Ho You Fat is a bumblebee because he's yellow and black combined. Oh, maybe that's that must it. be what he's talking about. Uh, Bradley Freeman says, hey, Matt and Blonde, great show. Just wanted to hear you say how beautiful Chelsea is. Thanks and enjoy my shackles. Well, Chelsea Clinton. No, Chelsea Handler. Clearly. Ugh. <laughs> Do you know, speaking of, by Woof. the way, Chelsea is very beautiful. I have it on good authority. Thank you, Bradley. But I noticed this the other Chelsea day when Manning. I opened up, um, there was a show I was trying to listen to, and it's on the iHeart live radio and podcasting app. And I couldn't get it in my usual podcasting app. So I opened it up iHeart to see if I could find it there. And you know how Apple did that thing a few years back where they just forced everyone to have a U2 album that nobody wanted? Yes. iHeart Radio did that with Chelsea Handler's podcast. That's they so depressing. forcibly downloaded her show onto my phone and I never signed up for that. It's like part of the terms. 
These terms are more unacceptable than PayPal saying they're going to steal my money. They put Chelsea Handler's podcast on my phone. I, I guess I can't say without my consent because I'm sure I checked the box to accept the terms somewhere, but at least without my informed knowledge. Yeah. Everyone must listen to Chelsea Handler's show. So lame. Did you want to comment on how beautiful Chelsea is? Uh, I can't think of a single beautiful Chelsea right now. This Chelsea. I'm sure she says she's a smoke show. I'm just saying that other Chelsea's are ah, famously unattractive. Publicly. Well, this is the Chelsea that breaks the mold, clearly. Okay. Jay you're Stewart. Hot, you're a smoke show, Chelsea. Jay Stewart says, watch your six. Susan changed the stream around HHC. Android suddenly won't run the stream uh, in a minimized screen. I haven't heard that. I don't know anything about how the Android app works, though. But thank you for the tip and for supporting the show. Phil says, uh, Nigerian, Kenyan, it's all the same. Sh- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phil loves them all equally. He can't get enough, particularly of the uh, Nigerian and Kenyan cuisine. Big fan. Knuckle Hunky Buck says the uh, soundtrack to Fauci mandated suicide will be Don't Fear the Science by Blue Voter Cult. Wow. <laughs> That's, I mean, that is a top tier knuckle hunky buck. That's up there with Don Don Lemon's AIDS. Give Lemon AIDS. I like that. it. That's his best joke ever. Long Don John says curry jogger. Hey, I like that. But they're mm. not a particularly criminal group. Except for the uh, the um, defecation aim. Can I put it that way? What is I, I clearly have influenced you in a negative way. <laughs> Just I'm leaning into the meme. I don't know. People <laughs> accuse them of having poor poop aim. I don't know if that's true. I don't mean to defame anybody. It's just that's what that's what that's what I've heard. You know, in London, they had to tell them to stop sitting on the toilet seat because they were finding footprints on toilet seats. And so they had to put signs. It's this poo in the loo thing. What? Stop. Yeah. They had to. Wait, wait, explain they that were to me once more. Squatting on the toilet. Standing seats. on the seat and squatting over it. And squatting, yeah. Huh. I had not heard that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Logan Orr. Clearly, the tiny hat people were messing around and found out. <laughs> How did that uh, escape my notice? That was. That was congratulations. Right up there. Someone would have so much. Like, so much. Hate in their I disavow heart. Logan and Kanye. Yeah, really. Uh, John H. Sounds like PayPal pulled back their new policy so that it was posted in air. Yep. BS. Yeah, that's what that's what they say. I think we're good. Um, but uh, but again, I, I just wonder why was that ever uh, even considered at all? We do have a, a couple more from Mark Duquesne here. Um, he says oh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin super chats. Oh, yeah. These, this came through twice, Mark. So if that was an error, of course, let me know and I can uh, refund one of these. But uh, he says Bitcoin super chats over the Lightning Network should be fully working by next year. The tighter they close the fist, the more people will slip through their fingers. Hopefully this will motivate you into getting a Lightning wallet. Well, if there is a a functional way to do crypto chats, yeah, sign me up. And that's Mark is working on a lot of things sort of behind the scenes that ensure that um, this stream and the channels and potentially uh, other channels too have a safe home away from all the censorship overlords when they decide to crack down, not only for people to watch the streams and the videos, but as he's referencing right here, uh, to have some sort of financial support network that uh, is much harder for these people to meddle with. So uh, I certainly appreciate Mark's work. And uh, and as always, Mark, I'm sure you'll be in touch with me about the progress. So thank you for all the work you're doing in building that stuff. I look forward to uh, to learning about this development as well. Okay. Anything else? 
No, I'm sorry. If it, it sounds like there's like 10 kids downstairs. I don't even know who's at my house. I'm sure, there probably are. Uh, we're good on DLive as well. Thank you to our DLive listeners. Also, uh, that's it. We will call it a stream. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us and for your super chat battles and your excellent jokes in the chat otherwise. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us live tonight. If you are listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for tuning in and for supporting the show. And if you can't get enough, you need more to listen to. As always, head on over to the audio platforms of the show. If you can find uh, our show buried underneath Chelsea Handler's show, that's that's where we usually uh, you can usually find us. Uh, but they are linked in the description, the audio platforms linked in the description and over on the website as well. If you need to find them, that's mattchristiansonmedia.com. We got the call-in show replay, other stuff you might not find on YouTube up there. Speaking of, you want to find anything else show related, head on over to the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday. Cause if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde show. Have a great night and a great week. <laughs>